So that is a song that I've been really liking for a while now. I think last year I found it. <clears throat> it's a song uh, by Wolf Alice called Don't Delete the Kisses. Oh, and I've recently heard of this band. You've heard? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome because I had only recently heard of them as well. Like this song last year and then like a few others over time that Spotify had recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're. Uh, I don't like all of their stuff I've found, but some of the stuff when I really like it, I've been like, this is my fucking shit. And this song... Uh, specifically was one that Spotify had this is a Spotify single version of that song specifically um, and I think the original one was released in 2017 I'm not sure when this version came out but uh, one day Spotify had recommended this to me and I remember I specifically remember where I was at my desk at my house and I was w- working on stuff and listening to new music on Spotify and this one came on and like uh, a little bit after the chorus and then kind of went into the next verse. I uh, I kind of stopped everything I was doing and was like, holy shit, this is, this is so fucking good to me. Like it was uh, sending like shivers down my spine in a way that I'll talk about later on that uh, the Airborne Toxic event has done for me as well and some of their music. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I just really, really love this song. And um, I ended up listening to it four times in a row right when I first heard it because it just scratched some fucking itch I had deep inside me. Mm-hmm. Man, I really regret saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we'll double back to it. <laughs> but it's uh, it's just something like it, it. It felt like musically something that I was looking for and didn't even know it, and, uh, and it just was like a revelation when I found it. So um, the real version too, I really like too. It's a little uh, more like electronica and a little like heavier beats and stuff. But this stripped back one with just that simple guitar man i just really fucking love so uh wanted to uh, introduce it to you and and whoever else hasn't heard of them recently because uh they've been really great and i like a lot of their stuff so far so what what was the name of the song this one is called don't delete the kisses don't delete the kisses yeah it's about it tells a story of like a a girl and a guy the girl's singing and she's basically you know thinking about their relationship and if they if she wants to stay with this dude um and kind of like a little bit how they met and like at a party and then how they still kind of get drunk together at parties and have a good time and, and if they want to stay together or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so she has, there's just some lines in here that just really fucking get me. Um, and uh, so lyrically, I really like it, but just the, the music just tickles my fancy, Brent. Does it? Oh man, I, my fancy is just, ooh, all tickled up. You're just tickled all up in yourself then. Yeah, all the way you up. say, mm-hmm. yeah. All the way up. Now you said like, you said earlier that whenever you heard this, it mm-hmm. it spoke to you in a way that you just stopped what you were doing. Yeah, totally. And I believe around this time you had been practicing juggling chainsaws. So yes, I guess my question was, is, uh, yeah. what happened? Like, what happened well, to all those chainsaws? 
you know, at any given time when you're juggling like three chainsaws, that's mm-hmm. what I was doing at this time. Um, you know, you kind of have one in one hand. So I did have one down. So there's only two in the air. And to be honest, like it was one of those. It was almost like a Zack Snyder movie. Like the slow motion kicked mm-hmm. in, and the and the chainsaws kind of fell beautifully beside me. And it, and Brent, I'm not gonna lie. This song really meant something to me in that moment. I said I listened to it four times in a row. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know what to say about, you know, physics or magic in the world, but um, when I looked down, the, the chainsaw had been spinning around. It stayed up for four versions of this, you know, four, four listens of the song, about 16 minutes, and uh, it, had, it had carved a, a, a beautiful eagle. Oh, um, wow. I, I didn't even have any wood around. You know, I was just juggling. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but it, it was like it spoke to the chainsaw, too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Interesting. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song does work magic. That's what Truly. I'm saying. I, there's something about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Tickled that chainsaw's fancy, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. But you got chainsaw hands now. Is, Basically, so. what I'm saying is that I did chop off my hands. <laughs> okay, good. I woke up on, on like a morphine drip. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my God, a beautiful eagle. And they were like, sir, your hands are gone. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, to be honest, I miss them, but I do like the stubs, <laughs> yeah. too. You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes you can just slide those chainsaws off and uh, duct tape some sporks <sighs> to your hands, and you're like, I, exactly. got, I have tiny little hands now. Yeah, or like you could like duct tape 40s to it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like 40 hands. I, I can still do that without hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just 40 nubs. Like a 40 of liquor? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do... Um, not malt liquor, but I do like um, powdered malt. You know, like oh, yeah. like you know, it's really dry, but it's it, I don't know. It's it's bad for your sinuses. So yeah, of course, I'll I say mean, that much. <laughs> you you ever met Stephen Fisher? He's got the maltiest nose you ever done seen. <laughs> West of the Mason Dixon, of course. <laughs> Now, if you go east of it, okay, you might have a little competition, but yeah, on this side, on this side of the tracks, <laughs> Stephen Fisher's your man. Listen, I just love to have a multi-nose, uh, yeah. you know? I think that's that Stephen Fisher. How can you tell? <laughs> well, I would say the multi, <laughs> the multi-covered nose and also the two chainsaw hands, <laughs> probably a dead giveaway. <laughs> Now, if I have my druthers about myself, that's what I would look into. But also, I've seen like a couple pictures online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so like paparazzi's followed me around. There's like, you can find me if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's just something about a guy with chainsaw hands, you know, mm-hmm. and like people are attracted to that. And it's like, how do you put shirts on? And it's like the same way you do one like at a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Look, that's the only dexterity you have in your body anymore is using your toes as hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was so stupid, but I really liked how, uh, how it turned out. Yeah. Ooh, I'm crying over here. Uh-huh. All right. Things feel good about that. Well, uh, so me and my chainsaw hands, I think we're just going to go ahead and start the show, Brent. So uh, we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where we have chainsaws for hands. Mm-hmm. Only one of us. Sorry, Brent. Yeah. And uh, I'm not good we're going to have a good time today. Yeah, good for juggling. We're going to talk. <laughs> what if I change the act where I have I have chainsaw hands, 
but I juggle mannequin hands. You know, human-looking hands. Yeah, there you go. That's a good twist to it. I like it. I like it. I saw this guy juggle chainsaws. Oh, I've seen that before. Oh, you didn't let me finish. Uh He juggles chainsaw hands. He has chainsaw hands that he juggles mannequin hands with. Are the chainsaws on? Yes. It's so messy. It does not work. But, you know, I'm just trying to be an inspiration to people, you know. I'm just trying to show them that you too can keep going. Yeah. You know, even with chainsaws for hands. Uh Uh-huh. So. It's like throwing dried spaghetti in a wood chipper. That's what it looks like. Just constantly... And he keeps going. He's like, throw me another. It's like, Steven, it's not going to work. It's like, I got this truckload of mannequin hands. We're going to get through it. I rented it out the front of this Applebee's for half an hour. I still have 27 minutes left. So yep, exactly. keep tossing. <laughs> That's my bread and butter. Uh-huh. You know, Applebee's. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's where I get my most, all, my, all my business. Yeah. Well, the clientele there, they really love a good chainsaw hand juggler. Mm-hmm. And in Oklahoma and Texas, at least. I don't know about up north. It's it's like one of those things where uh, they have the table side guacamole. <laughs> you like walk up. <laughs> you've got your two chainsaw hands. And you're holding in between them, like, a mannequin hand. Like, that's the only way you can, like, hold them, you know? Uh-huh. And yeah. you're like, would you like me to juggle this mannequin hand? And people are like, No. Where? No, <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. This is a tiny restaurant, for one thing. Yeah. You're very close to us. Your chainsaws are smoking in my in my wife's face. Uh huh. Please, please move that. Yeah. <laughs> also, why don't you have a mask on? Um, yeah, no come weird. on, guy. Yeah. And you're, you're like, like it's hard to put on. I have chainsaws <laughs> for hands. What do you want from me? I think you can give that guy a pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else, though. Yeah. Wow, I think you you could probably give that guy some like an avocado. He probably makes some good guacamole. Maybe that's like where he's gonna find his calling. He's gonna like be insistent about me. I guess I'm talking about. I'm yeah. gonna be insistent about juggling hands, mm-hmm. and they're gonna someone's gonna toss in an avocado, and I'm gonna make the best fucking guacamole anybody's ever heard of. It would be somewhat comical if someone tossed you an avocado, you cut into it, but you hit the pit, and then it just like <laughs> stops the blade. You're like, oh, oh, n- oh no, help. <laughs> <laughs> you just lay on the floor on your back like a turtle. <laughs> Wait for someone Sir, to walk what are you over. Doing, please. Yeah. Please get up. You try to use uh like it's stuck in your right chainsaw hand, and then you try uh-huh. to use the left one to like like cut into it the other way, but then that one gets stuck. So you're just like laying on the floor on your back with your like an X of chainsaw hands over your oh. body. And then a uh, an avocado stuck in between stuck there. Stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's like a a, a finger trap. Yes, yeah. It's like a, an avocado chainsaw trap. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the show title? <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been really fun to imagine this future world that I'm going to you know, be able to participate in. I'm very excited to be chainsaw hands. Yeah. Somewhere mm-hmm. out there in an Applebee's mm-hmm. near you. You know, it's going to be a very exciting time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... 
We have a lot to get to today because we are reviewing, as everybody knows from the title now, we're reviewing um, the second album from my favorite band, The Airborne Toxic Event, which is called All at Once. came out in 2011, so we are doing this for the 10-year anniversary. And um, I had told you before, this was my uh, favorite album of theirs, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, definitely in the re-listens I did this week, it, it certainly held up. So I'm excited to talk about that with you later. But um, I'm sure we have something to talk about before then. I know I have a, a few notes of something, but uh, do you want to start us off? Did you have anything you watched or read or whatever this this week? Or maybe listen to more music. I don't know. Um, yeah, I've actually got uh, a couple of movies that I will mention. You had talked Perfect. about horror uh, either at the beginning of this episode or perhaps in the outtakes. I don't <laughs> know. It's uh, We've been through a lot already. I've uh, been recording for 24 minutes here, and yeah. uh, I don't remember what happened when. Who does? But, uh, I've seen a couple of horror movies. Um, one is more of like a, a suspense, like, I guess, thriller, kind of, sort of, in a way. Okay. Um, it's called Knock Knock. It was on, oh, yeah. I, I think, Peacock or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. I, I had that month subscription uh, so I could watch Halloween Kills, the greatest totally. movie that's ever existed, Mitch, and, oh. <laughs> uh, and the entire terror table. I guess it's more directed at Kyle, right? He won't listen to this. He doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, All the haters, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're team boozy here. You know? Yeah, exactly. Greatest movie that's ever existed. Uh, anyway, so uh, I was flipping through there and I came across this movie that uh, the lovely Anna de Armas is in. And oh, uh, it actually yeah. has Keanu Reeves in it as well. I was like, what? When did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I right? It came out in like, I don't know, 2016, 17, something like that. That sounds right. And... Uh, it's a it's a movie where um, have you first of all have you heard of this movie at all like have you ever seen a trailer for it or yeah I think I I think I turned this on once to see if it turned me on you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. um, I don't remember watching a lot of it I think I turned it on really late and I watched like 15 20 minutes of it but I never went back to it but I definitely okay. seen the trailer and I know the I know the concept of it I guess yeah uh, it's a 2015 movie. Okay. Uh, is when this came out. Um, but yeah, Keanu Reeves, uh, Lorenza Izzo, and then Anna de Armas. It's directed by Eli Roth. I think he wrote it as well. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, forgot about that. Um, the uh, the general idea is that Keanu Reeves, he's a, a, a family man. His uh, He and his wife and his two kids, they live in a, a home, and he's a uh, like a, an architect or some type of... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a cool house, right? Yeah. And... Uh, his wife and kids are going away for the weekend. He's going to stay at home and work. He's got this deadline for this project, and he's just going to like uh, stay at home and, and focus on that. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a knock-knock on the door, Ooh. the titular knock-knock. And uh, it's these two girls that are uh, caught out in this rainstorm, uh, Anna Diarmas and uh, Lorenz uh, Izzo. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say these names. There's just like too many, too many Z's I'm not expecting. You're like, I, what? Yeah. Yeah, um, we don't have a lot of Z's in our lives, I we think. We don't, enough. yeah. Let me tell you. Right? Yeah. My sleep schedule confirms this. <laughs> yeah. So um, they, they show up at his, his front door and they're like, oh, we're trying to get to this party, um, but we our, our cell phones don't work, yada, yada, yada. Can we use your phone? He's like, okay, cool. You can come in. And uh, he gives them like towels and stuff and they call an Uber to come pick them up. While they're waiting, um, they start talking and all this stuff. Um, kind of the, the general idea is that he ends up sleeping with both of them. And then oh. they they uh, some crazy shit ensues after that. Um, they start taking heavy advantage of of him mm-hmm. and uh, they just it's torment all a ploy? him. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So it's him just essentially being a prisoner in his own home, uh, trying to survive these two wild and crazy. Well, not guys, but you know, gals. And um, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's so weird. Eli Roth directed that. I'd totally forgotten that. Um, but I, I don't remember watching a ton of it, so I don't remember a lot of what I felt. Uh, what did you think about it? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, Keanu Reeves is, uh, I know people love him, but I don't, I don't feel like he's a, uh, always a, a solid actor, you know, like he's back and forth. He's like cage. He's like Nick cage mm-hmm. to me. It's like, sometimes it's like, wow, he's an amazing actor. And sometimes it's like, that's weird choice. Yeah. And it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. Um, there, there are parts of this movie where I was, I was cool with it, but then other parts I was like, I don't know what's happening here. It wasn't like an insane performance from him or whatever. It just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about his, his acting where I'm like, Oh, I, I could tell this person is paid to say these lines, you know? Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, I thought the movie was fun and certainly worth, mm-hmm. uh, sitting through. So, um, and also there's some like sexy time stuff. That's, a uh, worth checking out you know that that came out before i knew who anna de Armas was mm-hmm. i feel like that was like before she really hit and so i remember like looking back at it later like watching a trailer and me like oh holy shit like mm-hmm. i didn't even know that was her and uh we actually watched last night um knives uh, knives out because it's a uh, a good november movie i had seen it on dates and movies uh, a twitter i follow that um always like points out different dates and and various movies and they had said, uh, like, November 10th or something like that is, like, when, when Harlan dies and Knives Out. So you watch that. And, uh, man, Anna mm-hmm. Armas is so fucking good in that. Yeah. She's really, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. And um, it'd be interesting to go back and watch some of her earlier stuff that I didn't, you know, know who she was then. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely come a long way, I would say. But, yeah, um, yeah it, was a, it was an interesting watch. And uh, I didn't realize it was an Eli Roth movie and, until, like, yeah, it showed up on the... the opening credits or whatever i thought oh okay well this will this will be wild and uh yeah it was there's some some crazy shit also yeah there's a, a point where um it shows after uh, at the beginning of the movie where Keanu is just working at night his family's away on like uh, out of town or whatever and he's mm. working and he's got music playing but it's hooked up to like two turntables and a mixer I'm like, what? This is a weird choice. Like, I could see if somebody wants to have it, like, okay. streaming to a, a Bluetooth speaker or have, like, um, a, a turntable that's set up, you know, with a, mm-hmm. a, a sound system or whatever. But I thought, wow, that's an odd choice that they would have, like, actual turntables set up. But later in the movie, they talk about how he used to be a DJ back in the day. So this is just him oh. using that old equipment. I was like, okay. Okay, because I'm very particular about that. Yeah, very right. Particular. I know. Yeah, yeah. Anytime I see a movie where someone's it. pretending to scratch, I'm like, that's not how that works. This is just like <laughs> they just cobbled this shit together. Couldn't ask someone. Right. Call me. I'll tell you how it works. Brett is available for. Uh, what would you be like? Um, not a scratch assistant. You'd mm-hmm. be like a scratch consultant. Yeah, yeah. Turntable consultant. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Science. Slash janitor. I mean. Jammeter? Jammeter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's been cleaning up jams all over this place. Jock jams, yeah. You got a jock jam in your toilet? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, someone put a, a full Air Jordan down here. Okay. Oh, right. no. Well, let me get the big oh, plunger my, then. In my head, I was thinking Air Bud, and I was like, there's a puppy in there? Get him out. No. This would be like one of those feel-good uh, videos on YouTube, you know? To plunge the, a puppy out of a toilet? Not to plunge him, to get him out, to save him. You know, like, uh, whatever they have, like, the, like there's puppies in this storm sewer, and, like, we got, we got him out. It'd be, like, one of those videos. 
Oh, okay. Is that a thing? I'm just. Is this a fetish? That's a thing. Yeah, you can find everything on YouTube, man. Yeah. I once saw a guy put on pants without his hands. Why? And he just dances, and it's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's like really good. Yeah. I, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't need it with my chainsaw hands. You keep texting me links to it, and I'm like, Stephen, I'll, yeah. I'll get to it eventually. Don't don't worry about it. Don't force it. You're saying. Well, just let you put on the pants. When yeah, you're comfortable. Let the force awaken in me, and I'll get to it okay. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna show up at your under your bed at night and just pop out and be like, "The force is awakening, you, bitch." <laughs> yeah. When you least expect it. Uh, I mean, you'll expect it now because I just told you I'm going to do it, but yeah, I could show up behind a curtain. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, I understand the intent there, but it will be very difficult to hear you over the sound of your chainsaws revving. <laughs> God damn it. They <laughs> get me away every time. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the smoke, it just billows, you know, uh-huh. I really got to change to electric. Yeah, I know. You know, but it's an upgrade and it's like I already had these like molded to my nubs and mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. That, and you gotta, like, recharge the batteries often, you know? That's true, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. They're, they, they're quieter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, maybe I could sne- maybe I could sneak in places, you know, and Potentially, be able to surprise yeah. my friends for mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just something in the future I'm thinking about, just so I can surprise basically you, mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Without you knowing I'm there. So, we'll see. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um... I, I only have one thing I, re- I realized today, so um, should I go ahead and do that and we'll go back yeah, to you? Sure. Does that, does that sound good mm-hmm. to you? So um, Amanda and my wife and I had watched a new documentary on Netflix the other day. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about murder shows. That's what we call them. Mm-hmm. Murder show. Anytime there's one on, it just always becomes the new murder show. We're so into it. It's weird and depressing, but it's I'm so into them all the time and the mysteries of them and like learning about things. So there's a new documentary on Netflix called Catching Killers. It's like a four four episode thing. It's pretty short. I think each episode is like 45 minutes long. Okay. Um, the, the last two are, are two parter because the story is so wild that it really kind of need to be broken up. But uh, it's one of those like slick Netflix documentaries about murders. I don't know, but it, it was really pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was made really well. They basically they interview a lot of the law enforcement from the time. And they're all a lot of them are like retired now because it's like these stories. It's various like serial killers that they're following each episode. And um, so they do three of them. The last one split into that two parter. And um, so they interview people. They're talking about it and then they reenact everything. So they'll film it like a 70s police station or whatever, right? But it's always like kind of blurry and you just kind of hear like the shuffling of papers and like phone calls and stuff. Like they kind of just accentuate what's going on and then they, you know, put in the real photos from the crime scenes and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it was really slickly produced in a, in a good way. I mean, that in a mm-hmm. good, good way. Um, and they were so interesting. It was stories I had heard about but didn't really know much about. Some of them I had never heard at all and it was crazy how many like one was like this guy who murdered like 40 different women and we had never heard of him before and um there's just so many prolific serial killers out there i guess to follow um the second episode was about um aileen wernos who is the um the movie monster that Charlize theron did years mm-hmm. ago that she won the academy award i think for best actress um it was like that story she was like a like a woman on not a hitchhiker but like she would like kill men off the highway or whatever in florida Mm -hmm. and i didn't i've never seen that movie before i knew it was like a good performance by her but i didn't really care but then this documentary was like oh this is really fucked up and interesting her life was really kind of fucked up so 
uh now i kind of want to watch that movie which is kind of interesting too but um yeah it's uh you know if you like murder shows on netflix it's a murder show what can you say and uh <laughs> but it was really it was really good each so, one is a, uh, a separate case yeah so it's like uh the first case first episode second one and then the the last one that's just so wild they split up into two so it's just three three different cases over four episodes pretty short and um and each episode is like pretty short like 30 to like 35 minutes to 45 minutes maybe okay so uh yeah see you know <clears throat> I was going to say, it's an easy watch, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, if you're curious in that kind of stuff, it's, yeah. uh, it's good. Good for the whole family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying. They play it at the daycare often, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. It's yep. a big hit at the mm-hmm. daycare. Those kids love uh, crime scene reenactments, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, not so much, of, mm-hmm. it's not so much uh, that the children can understand the complexities of the situation as the no. adults are speaking about the murder. It's more like the wrestling of papers, like you said, or, you know. Oh, they love that. It's yeah, yeah. essentially child ASMR is what that is. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you could say that. Mm-hmm. It's like kids love, you know, like daycare kids, obviously. They love like goosebumps, unsolved mysteries, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Tales from the Crypt, maybe. I don't know. That's why whenever you go to a daycare, you see oil paintings of Robert Stack just like on all over the place, you know? Those kids love Stack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, the big fans, big fans. And it's like hard to tell them, you know, he's he's dead? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it's hard to tell them he's dead. I was like, I don't want to. Is he, though? I'm pretty sure. He's got to be at this point, right? Yeah, he is uh, as of May 14th, 2003. Oh, wow, uh, guys, I'm passed. sorry to break yeah. the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, something where you have to break it to the kids eventually. Yeah. But then you're like, who's ready for a snack attack? And they're like, did yeah. you say snack attack? You're like, no. Yeah. But, I mean, you can, eat, you can eat snacks while you're doing it. And then, like, it's a it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a little overcomplicated, the, the way they approach it. But then yeah. also they're like, uh, you know, the kids are like, well, how did he die? And it's like, well, that's the most unsolved mystery of all, isn't it? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. But you got to break it to the kids like that easy, you know, because yeah. it's going to shatter their whole world. So do you remember when he voiced someone in Beavis and Butthead to America? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I would love to re- rewatch that movie. It's been forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I was never a big fan of Beavis and Butthead, the show, but I loved that movie for, <laughs> really? a, for a chunk of time. Yeah. I watched a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But I never really watched the, the show that much, you know? Maybe it was just broken up too much. Like it was like yeah. smaller segments and then split up with music videos and all that stuff. Yeah, which sounds actually great. I, I don't know. Again, it's the, maybe the music that they were playing that I wasn't as into or whatever, but I never really gave it that much of a, a shot. And then the movie came out and that maybe is like more accessible in some ways mm-hmm. in general, I guess. Uh, like you said, like just being like a full thing. But uh, I remember really liking that. I mean, like, oh, this is really funny. I should watch the show. And I don't remember ever going back to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And apparently I don't ever watch the movie. So <laughs> someday I think they're bringing it back for is it Paramount Plus or whatever? Oh, they're really? Do a new Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. So, man, there's so much stuff mm-hmm. like coming out like the Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Was uh, the other day. And I I've, haven't even seen any of the new like they released like trailers or first looks at things like mm-hmm. announced some things. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Shang-Chi is on Disney Plus now. I can finally watch it. I haven't yet, yep. but uh, it's there. And I'm like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things. I have other stuff going on right now. I can't. I know. They, it was <laughs> on this. on uh, this past Friday, and they dumped all this news. And I'm like, guys, I'm at work. I right. can't <laughs> I can't absorb all this. It's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. There's a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I looked at some stuff like after the fact or whatever. I was like, I, 
I guess. Like, we'll we'll get to it eventually. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all very exciting, cool yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a little overwhelming sometimes too. A little bit. So much, so much going on out mm-hmm. there. Well, uh, did you want to round us off with one more? Yeah, I've got one more. Uh, we watched another horror movie uh, that came out. Uh, I think it was like mid October of this year, which was the. 2021 Netflix original movie Night Teeth. You know anything about this? Have you seen this? I had only heard of it because when I when we did Teeth uh, the mm-hmm. other week with the Terror Table, it kept coming up with Night Teeth when uh-huh. I would search it, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So I don't really know anything else about it. So it stars Jorge Lindeborg Jr. and it's spelled his last name is L E N D E B O R G. So it's Borg, mm-hmm. as if he's from Star Trek. So. Awesome. Keep a fucking eye on him. Any type yeah. of cube situation he has going on, <laughs> I'm skeptical. Skeptical. Um, but he is. Uh, you've seen this guy before. He's. Uh, have you? I mean, you have. I don't but know. You I'll know? Have to look it up. He's. Um, he's in the the two Spider-Man like Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. He's like a a smaller actor in that. Not like he's like yeah. short. He's not like Ant-Man. When I say small, he's he's just got like a he's like a, a that small in stature. Right. Yes. He just has a, a small role, um, but uh, he does look familiar. Yeah, yeah. He's got facial hair in this movie, and that can mm. change people's appearance wildly because he looks Throw so baby faced in those Spider-Man movies. But uh, he's also in I think he's in Bumblebee as well. It said that. Yeah. And uh, interesting. So he's been in some good stuff lately. He, he's been in some some uh, some hits. Um, oh, he's the he's one of the newscaster kids in Spider-Man. There you go. Yeah, I was trying to like, who mm-hmm. is he on that? Yeah, it's totally him. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, right on. So he's a, a college student, and he um, he switches places with his his brother. His like his brother is like a chauffeur, and he can't make an appointment, and he's trying to earn some extra money. Uh, so he decides to pretend to be his brother to go sh- mm. chauffeur these uh, these ladies around town or whatever. Turns out these two ladies he picks up, Debbie Ryan and Lucy Fry. Steven, mm. they are vampires. What? What? At what? night with teeth. So it all Crazy. makes sense within the context of the movie. Yeah, makes sense. So essentially it's an adventure of him like carting them around and um, taking them to these different places to um, do these different things or whatever. Um, there's a whole a whole background with like vampire stuff. There's vampire shit going on in this movie. Oh, I love vampire shit. Vampire shit is happening. Um, and Cause it's uh, like, it's like bat guano. It's like good for your, for various things. I was going to say your skin. I don't know. Not as red as you would think. I know you'd think that would be mm-hmm. mostly red. That, that gets absorbed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually white. It's like bat guano. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Uh, really changes the whole wiping game. Yeah. It's disturbing to look at, honestly. Mm-hmm. Cause they use black toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- Cause that's how you know you got it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not disgusting. Plus it's, it's metal as fuck. Can you yeah. imagine using black toilet paper? Enjoy your breakfast, listeners. But, um, <laughs> yeah. This movie was a, a fun movie to watch. Uh, we had a good time with it. I feel like it would be a movie that you and Amanda could get into. Cool. It's kind of a, uh-huh. it's kind of silly, but I think it's well done as well. I think, I think it's well shot. I like the colors in it a lot. Mm-hmm. There's some cool neons that show up in there. Um, but uh, the, the characters are fun. And, um, yeah. So I'd, I'd say right give on. that a shot. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, even just based on that little description and, and uh, recommendation, I think I would because it sounds like fun enough, but I wouldn't put that much expectation on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it could just be like fun to watch. And yeah. um, I, it has nothing to do with the movie Teeth. It's not a sequel to that, I right? don't know. I don't know that it doesn't okay. take place in the same universe. Nobody expressly mentions, gotcha. you know, I've got vagina dentata or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. 
Like, would you just come out and say that? Like, if you, if totally. you or I had that, that mm-hmm. would not be my opening line at a party. Unless I was a little boozed up, mm. then it might be like, hey, <laughs> you want to see something? Hey, 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 man. Come here. Come here. Hey, come here. Um, do you want to open a secret? <laughs> Guess what? I have a vagina. Also, there's teeth in it. No, you whoa, me. whoa. Two you revelations. Right. You heard me right. Why'd you dress as a cop at this party? That's weird. You t- I'm at a police station. This <laughs> oh, is happening again. I can't believe this. It's the third time this week. I, re- I really got to get bailed out of jail. I'm, like, I'm just really into this toilet wine at this point. I'm just oh. real hard into it. Um, anyway, um, do you have some ping pong balls I can, I can <laughs> shove up there real quick? I'll show you. Do you have an apple? You know, like a horse? And see, I'll give you the core back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. as a keepsake. <laughs> yeah, you can bronze it. <laughs> Put it on a chain. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be an interesting piece to talk uh-huh. about. Uh, so night teeth. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I always love a good vampire movie. So yeah. And yeah, uh, the, I, I remember liking the finale of the movie. I don't exactly remember uh, what happened. But uh, mm-hmm. I just thought it was a creative way to uh, to deal with right the vampires. But yeah. Oh, ex- mm-hmm. excellent. Excellent. All right. Um, well, anything else that you wanted to do for mini topics? No, no. We can just to get go? into it if you want. Oh, my God. Well, um, yeah. So the main event, this is good. We're getting to it early because I have a shit ton of notes as I showed Brent before the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, there, I wrote a lot down. I was going to try to keep them tighter. But uh, I realized there there'll just be good talking points I could I could reference quickly. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to talk about. But um, let's do some some background on this band and this album a little bit. So uh, again, this is the Airborne Toxic Event. Um, one of my first notes was uh, what a prescient name, right? Um, we are living through an airborne toxic event, which uh, I think is really fun. That uh, I found this band so long ago, and they're like, this will come in your future. If you believe the media. (laughs) Oh, Brent. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to give you such a big wedgie. (laughs) With your chainsaw hands, that's just going to cut through my underwear slash my back. (laughs) You're going to install a new crack in me. Maybe that's your new thing. You're Mm. like a a crack installation specialist. Oh, wow. Mm. That would be, yeah, that's Mm. (laughs) like you're trying to like. Be like, I don't have any skills. I just have chainsaw hands. It's like, mm-hmm. no, on your resume, put mm-hmm. crack installation specialist. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you can really dress it up sometimes, you know? It'd be like an infomercial, and it'd be like, oh, Steven, <laughs> this is what it is. The infomercial is one of those things where it's kind of like on a, a Joey on Friends, where he's like, you ever oh, have yeah. trouble opening milk, and he just like shatters that like milk carton right. trying to open it? It would be like you, uh, or an announcer would be like, were you born without an ass? And then you Ooh. have to poop? What are you going to do? And he just has like a frustrated old man just like looking deadpan down the barrel of the camera. Just being like, oh, I, I ate way too much fiber. And like earlier, like as it's as the guy's like talking or whatever, the announcer, it shows him like eating 14 heads of like broccoli or whatever. You know, just oh, really yeah. like just really getting deep in the fibrous uh, mm-hmm. tissue there. And uh, then... It it slides over to you, <laughs> just from like the nips up, 
It's like, Stephen, Stephen is your man. Why? Pans out, two chainsaw hands pop up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's yeah, just like, yeah. I, I hear it all the time. I know what it sounds like. Yeah. Hi, it's me, Stephen Fisher. You have to yell because you're talking over yeah, your chainsaw uh, hands. It's me, Stephen Fisher. Were you born without a crack in your ass? Let me install one for you. I've got two hands. They're both chainsaws. <laughs> now, I will make an ass crack for you. It's up to you to sit on something sharp to be able to then oh. excrete doo-doo from your tummy guts. Yeah, I can't do that part. I can't yeah. do it a lot. It's too intricate. But I feel like, you know, splitting down the middle is a good starting yeah. point, you know? Well, and it's, it's my... I don't know. It's what I could do for society. You what know? you could do do for your society. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's right there. Wow. It was right there. Mm-hmm. I feel ashamed, but also I'm going to I'm going to steal that. So uh, maybe you could even do just do do it. You know, just do do it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't sue me because there's it's two. Yeah. And then two, you two do do's. Yeah. And instead of the Nike swoosh, it's um, <laughs> just like a chainsaw cutting into a turd. It's like the poop emoji. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Eli Roth can direct this infomercial. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That'd be that'd be really killer, right? Oh, absolutely. I feel like two chainsaws, two hands. I could do two butts at one time, right? <laughs> two chainsaws, two hands. We've all seen the video. <laughs> <laughs> also directed by Eli Roth. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. Yeah. Very sexy. Yeah. Super sexy. Um, so uh, back to the bands. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Airborne Toxic Event. And they, uh, the band members made up of Mikel Jolet, who, who founded the band, and he is the songwriter of the band. He does lead vocals and guitar. Uh, Anna Bulbrick does the viola and various instruments in this. Uh, Stephen Chin is lead guitar and piano. Noah Harmon is bass, and Darren Taylor is drums. Now, uh, Noah Harmon um, was on this album. I don't remember if he was still on the next one or not. He left the band and then eventually said that he was fired from the band, and I've never heard an explanation of why. Um, it seemed like they were really tight for a while and then not. And so I don't know if something went down or whatever, but they have a new guy on base now. And then Anna Bulbrick left, left in 2019. She was one of my favorites of the band. She's, she's awesome. She sings, she's, um, she plays the viola and violin and all kinds of stuff. And, um, but she's gone on to do other things. And then, um, Stephen Chin is also really amazing. Um, Dan Taylor plays the drums. Like I said, I don't really know much about drummers. He seems all right. Um, seems like a good dude, uh, but I don't really know much about him. I honestly didn't remember his last name earlier. I was like, his name's Darren, but I don't remember anything else about him. Uh, but Mikel Jele, the lead singer, he's my favorite. He's um, his voice is just fucking great to me. It it's not perfect. It it breaks, and uh, it's one of my notes I had is that I really like his singing on this album and and it's in general because it has it's just so fucking full of emotion and raw and. Um, and whenever I sing, I'm not that great, but uh, I can sometimes carry a tune and then my voice will break and, and I carry a lot of emotion. That's what I'm trying to portray to people if I'm singing to them as well. And so I, I respect that out of him and, uh, and I think it fits a lot of the songs. So, um, yeah, he's just one of my very favorites. Um, his, his writing is just beautiful. And um, that's the band. So, OK, um, this album, like I said, is their sophomore album came out in 2011. And I think that it really was um a good a good 
branching off from what they had started. I think it was just kind of refined things. There's something about the first album that's a little more punk, I guess. It's just uh, not so much in the music itself, but just the, the style of it is like mm-hmm. independent and just kind of like raw and everything. And um, these feel a little more fleshed out. They're, they're really epic. They have a lot of them feature the um, Calder Quartet, Quartet. So they have a lot of strings, cellos and, and other things in the background and a lot more like sweeping emotions and strings and these epic songs. So um, I thought that was really just a great album and, and some of the songwriting on here I've just really fucking loved and it has been really therapeutic for me over time has been really um, the lyrics and stuff and just the the emotions the songs give me are just fucking awesome um, so I looked up I, I'm not huge into producers I know you've brought that up before Brent and mm-hmm. I'm so interested in that that you know the artist will come to the table with these songs and their style of music but then a producer will like hone that and I'm so fascinated by that, but I, I can't speak a lot to it. Um, all I'll say is this was uh, produced in Los Angeles by Dave Sardi, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, he'd also produced albums by uh, Oasis, Band of Horses, LCD Sound System, and Wolf Mother, which are also bands that I really like and kind of fit in this genre. Um, so yeah, I uh, really dig this album, and I'm very excited to speak to you about it uh, today, Brent. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has been my favorite band for a long time. I think this album was the one that I first fell in love with their, their first album, um, self-titled. Um, I liked their main song somewhere, uh, sometime around midnight. And then kind of took after this one came out that I went back to that album and kind of reevaluated and ended up really loving a lot of those songs as well. But this is the one that I was like, man, this song I fucking love. And this song means something to me and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you had never listened to them before I had told you about them, I think for that last album when we reviewed it. And then you had said the other day, you had never heard this one. So you've mm-hmm. been listening to it over the last week as well. Is that right? Uh, for the most part, I had planned on listening to this early in the week. Uh, but I got busy at work and then I got busy at my personal life. So oh, yeah. I did not uh, get a chance to sit down with the whole thing until I think Friday is when I started okay. listening to it. I think I've listened to this all the way through like four times now, oh, okay, including right the, uh, the the bombastic music videos that they've got. Yeah, uh, for but sure. I've revisited certain songs uh, more times than that, like maybe six or seven times, uh, because I, I really like some of them, and we can discuss yeah, cool. that. Uh, real quick, awesome. I want to go back to something you said about the, uh, uh, the bass player being replaced. He was on their third album, Such Hot Blood, as well, okay. from what I can tell, and he wasn't gotcha. replaced until uh, the fourth album, I guess maybe mm-hmm. on tour. Uh, during that third album tour, he got replaced kind of somewhere in there. Gotcha. So for Dope Machines uh, forward, uh, he was no longer with the band. The band. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, and their new guy is called, um, I think it's Adrian Rodriguez is his name. And he had played with some other bands too. He's really great um, as well. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I I like I like all versions of the band they've come out with. They have a new woman who's taken over for Anna Bullbrick, who also plays the violin or viola and, mm-hmm. and sings and stuff. And she's been touring with them. I'm not sure if she'll be a, a permanent member of the band now, but otherwise it's just the four guys. But I always liked the the different things that everybody brought to the table. And uh, Noah on the bass originally, and then um, Adrian Rodriguez now, he's he's also really good. So okay. any incarnation of this band, I, I really dig. Yeah, okay. How did you hear about this this album, I guess? You said that you kind of liked uh, a couple yeah. of the songs off the first one, but did uh, had this second album been out, and then you worked your way backwards? It's weird, yeah. It's like I found the... so, And there's lots of dates for their first album of when it came out. Uh, I remember it in like 2008, 
I guess, um, mm-hmm. that I'd first heard sometime I read Midnight, which is generally the one that I, I, I would mention to people if I ever tell them this is my favorite band. I've never met a single person that has known this band when I've said that. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, well, you, you might know Sometime Around Midnight because mm-hmm. I thought it was like a big hit and I've never met another person that knew that song, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, I don't know what it is. Uh, to me, it's been this band that I've been like, I don't know why they're not hitting and they're amazing. But that first album came out and it, it almost seemed like some of those songs, I might have mentioned it when we reviewed it a few years ago, that they're almost like a little more rockabilly. They were kind of like... Um, it seems like the kind of guys who would play in the back of some bar and there's like old cars and motorcycles around and stuff like, and it, it didn't all click with me. And this one, it went a lot more into the strings and just different things. And, uh, I don't remember the time in between. Like I, I found that first album. I mostly listened to that one song. I listened to a few other ones and then kind of put it away. And then this one came out. I must've just remembered like, Oh, I liked that other song and gave it a shot. And then this one really clicked with me mm-hmm. and then I made me go back. But, uh, I think I just kind of, it's so weird. Like thinking back now what I use Spotify so much now or YouTube or whatever to find music. YouTube was around then obviously, but, um, I'm like, I don't remember at that era what I was doing. I was, I don't think I was still buying CDs. I was doing Pandora at some point, but probably mm. after this, I don't yeah. remember where I would have found this again, like how I was stumbling upon music at that time. Right. Yeah. Um, after Napster, but before streaming, I'm like, what was that era? Um, but it was something about it when I did find it for this one in particular, really, you know, struck me or whatever really mm-hmm. clicked with me. So, um, and it's, it's a lot of those strings and stuff. It's very orchestral and very, I don't know. They're, they're so epic and it makes me think of like film scores and like the emotions that those can bring as well. And, but it's like a rock group and it's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot of things about them that I just really gravitate towards. Um, well, let's see. I think I've got, uh, I've got some notes that I've made for each of the, okay. the songs that we listen to. So the, the main album itself is 11 tracks, but then there are a couple of bonus tracks on the deluxe edition. Yeah. Uh, and, some weird shenanigans going on with the deluxe version of, of the album as well that, that we can talk about. But um, I'm curious about that because I, I couldn't find that one on Spotify. So I didn't listen mm-hmm. to those songs for this one. But oh, okay. I wondered if you had. So mm-hmm. I don't have any notes about them. But it, um, most of them I had heard. I, I haven't always heard all those things like they weren't on CD or whatever. And I never I'm like, I never heard that song. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. So there's there's still stuff to discover out there for me. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I do have a. Yeah. A few general notes about their songwriting and stuff before we get into the album. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, I want to mention to you because um, you had talked about on their first album, and this one, this album does the same thing. You you had talked about how they don't really follow the typical things of a song that you would think, like the, you know, the opening and, and chorus and like pre-chorus and chorus and verse and go back to the chorus and mm-hmm. have a bridge and then, you know outro and stuff like they they really just let the storytelling kind of guide yeah their songs and um so you had brought that up and i had never even really noticed that i'm not i don't really focus so much on that kind of stuff i don't really know song structure or music theory that well and so when i hear these songs and i connect with them i never really thought much about it but um i was so glad that you brought that up because it's really made me think about it over time and um so i found a few uh, interviews with Mikel Jolay talking about that. And uh, one was from this uh, interview with Prefix Magazine where they, they talked about breaking standard pop culture formulas um, and the literary aspects of the band. Like their their name is taken from a, a quote from a book called White Noise by Tom DeLillo, and which I have, but I still haven't read. Um, but it's a, 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 about an airborne toxic event that like kind of up 
you know, changes up society or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, also kind of interesting for today's times and stuff. And they pulled from that for the title. They, they, the way he writes his music is very literary and stuff. And Mikel Jolay, the lead singer, had wanted to be a, a writer. And he's written a book now called Hollywood Park, a memoir about his life growing up in a, like a cult um, that his parents were in and then, and then escaping it. And um, so his songs have always kind of, you know, leaned on that a little bit. And um, so he was asked about, you know, like your songs don't, aren't, aren't just compact stories uh, with like verse, chorus, verse. They're, they're kind of sweeping stories and, and epics. And uh, Mikel Jolay said, it just comes out that way with pop songs. Sometimes it feels forced to add a chorus. It's like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, refrain, very pop, right? Uh, I just write my songs the way they feel they should be written, the way the story feels it should be told. Though that being said, we do have a couple of songs that are closer to that traditional structure. And I, I noted that sometimes, too, mm-hmm. whenever uh, some of the songs will lean into that. But a lot of them don't repeat anything. They just kind of have a bunch of different verses that go musically in various ways. And um, uh, he said, it all depends on where it feels the song should go. And during a show, you've got to tell a story, make an art bring the audience with you at certain points in the show you use a particular song for resonance to hit those emotional peaks and valleys of the story you're telling so even like not onto the the songs themselves but even like how the album plays out or how you do it in a show and bringing the audience along with you and stuff and their shows mm-hmm. are so i don't know they're so uh lively he always like climbs on shit he gets up on the rafters and, and stuff like it's a very rock show and it's mm-hmm. um they switch instruments a lot. They they really get into, you know, bringing the audience with them through this journey or whatever, whatever he's trying to tell you. Um, and I've just always been really attracted to that. I, I don't need the typical song structure of things, you know. Um, I realized, like, there's so many, so, so many songs of theirs that I was singing along every word, but I'm like, it's not that I know the chorus really well. It's that I know every verse really well, and it's mm-hmm. just, like, eight verses in a row, and that's it, and that's yeah. the song. Yeah. And there's no like flow to it in, in terms of like peaks and valleys of the typical pop structure. There are sometimes, but a lot of them just kind of meander and go on these journeys. And I, I find it just super fascinating to mm-hmm. listen to that way. So, yeah, it, it throws me off a little bit because I'm expecting yeah. like uh, in the, the feeling of a song. I'm like, oh, I, this feels like it should be a chorus now. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to do that. I won't do yeah. it. I'm Mikel Jolay, <laughs> and I won't do that. I will tell you where to go on this we journey. We are going here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel one of my notes was um, last week when we reviewed Metallica, I had, there were certain parts where I was like, I thought I was going to do this thing, and it went this other way, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes it would surprise me in a good way, but sometimes I was like, oh, I don't really like this. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not scratching that itch that yeah. I'm looking for. And some of these songs, for me, like I'm like, they do a lot of things that I didn't expect or didn't want until I heard them. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a, that's perfect. And it and it feels good. Um, one of my notes was that I like feel like the shiver down the spine or like certain tingles in my body that I'm like, it just feels like I'm in tune with this, whatever his emotions he's trying to per- portray to people. Um, and not going back to just like a chorus right here, but like, hey, we're going to go on this thing and it's going to have a toy piano and... A, viol- uh, a violin or a viola in the background. We're going to go on this little journey real quick and then come back to this, bump, you know, really bombastic, huge ending. And it's just like, whoa, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a, yeah, I, I like that journey. And, and they, for me, something about it just really, really clicks, you know, mm-hmm. um, it helps guide me along that. So I saw there were a couple of music videos for uh, songs on this album, one for 
changing and one for mm-hmm. numb. Uh, but also, they're they made these bombastic videos yes. for each song on the the album, which are these like one take. Or they appear to be one take mm-hmm. uh, videos of uh, of each of the songs. Uh, can you speak to that? Like, why? What do they make these? Yeah, Is that just for like promotional purposes. Yeah, I guess so. So um, I'd forgotten about where it started because they didn't always call them the bombastic videos. I always knew that as a term. That's why I call any of their videos like this. But their first album, they did something similar where they had. Just like they would just go out with a camera and like some instruments and they would do kind of stripped down acoustic versions, random places. And um, they're just kind of cool. They were for promotion, I guess, uh, especially in this album. They had mentioned that they were going to do the same. They're going to continue that series that they did on their first album. They're going to keep doing these and they were going to call it the Bombastic Video Series. And they released one a week. So it definitely was a promotional way that way to, uh, to get people to listen to the songs and the albums and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I made little notes for each of them as they go through because some of them i some of them are just like okay and and they're kind of they're all interesting how they they're in different locations they'll be like on a merry-go-round or a streetcar or like a or a bus, bus or something yeah. or mm-hmm. um they'll be like i don't know just in a stairwell or the like you might start with one person and then it, it zooms out and there's like the calder quartet and then there's a children's choir and you're like how many people are in this tiny room and they're 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 epically intimate it's really uh they're really interesting to me and um yeah it's just they're very cool stripped down versions and you get like a music video for every song on the album that were really cheap to make and they kind of did these one take quick little ideas and and Mm -hmm. they sound so interesting for what the album was and kind of changing them in a a different way and you get like two versions of everything which i think is pretty fun yeah i really like that series and uh, all right i had notes about each of them as we go through but I'm, i'm curious what you thought about those as well Okay, cool. Yeah, we can certainly talk about those. Uh, if people are just now listening to this episode because we're talking about this and, you know, we've got the, the hashtags and all that stuff in there. Um, first of all, welcome to the show. Uh, second of go. all, s- uh, sorry about all the chainsaw talk earlier, um, <laughs> but this the show just gets real silly sometimes. Thirdly, uh, we discussed the first album from the Airborne Toxic Event on episode 72 titled The Murder Context. Why? Well, listen to that episode. I actually wow. listened back to it earlier this week oh, to yeah. get a refresher on some of the uh, the uh, the earlier works uh, or the earlier songs from them. Um, so I, I felt ready to then listen yeah, to right this on. album. You know, I wanted to go back and refresh myself on the building blocks to listen to where they go for the second album. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It was kind cool. Of... It's very cool. A person <laughs> yeah, uh, like cool. a young that's person came joke. up to me. And it's like, dude, are you? I think you're fucking cool. I'm like, it's of course, of course. It's like, you're like this young person came up and was like, you'll fly as hell. And I'm like, nobody says fly anymore. And you're like, no, no, no. He said I was hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, that's not cool either. He, I don't know what kids say anymore. This fucking kid over here, he pulled me to the side. He's like, yo, dog, you're the beast fucking knees, homie. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Finally, I got it. I got someone it. gets it. Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, before we get into each individual song, mm-hmm. I had one more quote, um, from Mikhail Jolene in an interview. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that I wanted to mention about this album specifically because, um, it, it, I, I, I take a step back, I guess. Um, I recommended this band to one of our good friends, David Hopkins at one point on the show, or I mentioned that they were my favorite band and he asked about them. And I remember stumbling and being like, they're, well, they are, they're like a, a rock band who, and he was like, so they're a rock band. I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how to describe them. They, they're a rock band with like a violin and they play all these instruments and they like musically, it's so different than a lot of other things I've heard. 
And so uh, I, I feel like I fail on trying to get people to listen to them sometimes because I don't really know how to explain what I'm liking about it. And their songs can be so varied, like they do rock, but they do folk, they do like stripped down, they do big, they have orchestral move- movements in them or just a, you know, a guitar or whatever. Um, so there's a quote from a, a Vivo interview on, on YouTube, the, the music channel, uh, where Mikel Jolais said about this album, there's a couple just straight folk songs in this record, there's rock and roll songs, there's stuff with electronic music, and it just all kind of happening all at once. So that's why they named it that. Um, the idea was that we didn't really think about much about genre, and I think we're supposed to be in a certain genre or whatever, but none of us listen to music that way, none of us really want to play music that way, so the new record is sort of our attempt to grapple with that. And uh, I really love that because that's how I listen to music. There's I listen to all kinds of stuff. And this band in particular bridges a lot of the gaps. I listen to a lot of folk music. I listen like a lot of indie new stuff, old stuff. I listen to a lot of electronica stuff like churches. Um, and this band kind of bridges that gap. Uh, later on, they released an album that was more electronica. And then some fans had some backlash. And then they surprised us and on the same day dropped a, like an acoustic album with brand new songs as well. And it was just like, oh, they're doing literally both of the, the things they do. And they bridge this cool gap where they can bring in all these different instruments. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, again, it just, in particular, it's it's my, it's like everything I love from all these different genres smashed together, mm-hmm. uh, playing all at once. And so it's really, it, this album is so hard to classify maybe, but it's, uh, to me, it's like, oh yeah, all those things are work together. Totally. It's totally great. I so. think alternative rock kind of covers like, it's like a blanket. Yeah. Um, uh, genre that can can work in any way, yeah. shape, or form there. So I would agree with that. In my head, though, I always think of um, Z104.5 and, and, and Broken Arrow and mm-hmm. where we grew up, you know, and, and around Tulsa and everything. Mm-hmm. I think of it as like an era almost. Like in my head, like alternative is like 90s rock. Oh. And I'm like, I, I still think mm-hmm. that's a thing, right? I just don't. I, I In my head, it's hard for me to be like, oh, well, they're alternative. And now I'm like, oh, that's a great term for it, Brent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then maybe, you know, expanding on that with like, oh, and they have strings and they have all this other cool stuff mm-hmm. going on. But um, but yeah, they're they're like a, an alternative indie band, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I thought this album uh, as well, some of the interviews around them and the songs they did at the time, they were uh, they did a, a promo spot for Gossip Girl around this time. Oh. And they like played in the club in the season finale, like two songs or whatever. And I, it seemed to me like, oh, their first album should have hit big and they didn't. And this one, I was I remember being like, oh, they're going to finally fucking hit. Mm-hmm. And they've never done that, but they don't care. They, they always play for the fans. They're just trying to play music. And they, yeah. they've said, like, if, if people show up and we can play music for people, that's fucking awesome. Like, that's all we care about. And um, but it's like I, I want people to hear it, you know? Sure. Yeah. Because uh, I just fucking love it so much. So uh, you want to go ahead and jump into the, the different songs? Sure. Yeah, let's go for it. Perfect. So the the first one, uh, track number one is All at Once. Um, this I love the way it starts. It's uh, from the guitar strumming in the very beginning. There's like an organ or a violin or something in the background. And um, they it just starts layering all these music, all this music and, and people singing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love it from the start. Um, it ends up being a, a song that has meant a lot to me. This is one that I, I play on the ukulele, actually, with my chainsaw hands. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you can guitar. definitely be in the band then. Oh yeah, yeah, sweet. you have that you, yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, and it it has a lot of lyrics I'll, I'll go into, but uh, I was curious uh, what you thought of this opener. So I like the song as well. This is one of the songs that I listened to probably six or seven times. Um, I like the opening awesome. of this because, like you said, it builds up and it reminds me 
of the opening of a concert. Like if they opened a show Ooh, with this yeah. during that time, this seems like a good way to do it. Like Mikhail could walk out on stage. And I love the thing that bands do where uh, as a song is like starting more and more band members like take the stage when, totally. when their part yeah, like yeah. comes in. That's yeah. what I was picturing in my head during the song. I don't know if that's the case, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. I also noted that there are no actual lyrics in the chorus. It's just who's and ooze. Yes. I was like, who's yeah. and ooze? Yeah, I like it. Like on but the a, on way a, they work, though, so good. You know, like on a printed sheet, uh, if you were to look at the lyrics and you like gave it to someone and you just like hand that to them, you'd be like, "Okay, now you sing this part." And it's just like, "Who, who, who, who?" It's like, "Oh, okay, so, huh? What's this mean? I don't understand." It's like you just gotta feel it. You'll just feel yeah, it. Yeah, just feel your way through it. Yeah, how do you convey that to someone? Yeah, that's funny. Without without actually playing the music for them and being like, "Do exactly this." Mm-hmm. How do you be like, "Oh yeah, just do the who's right here." Yeah. But uh, they're one of the, the cool parts. I like about that. And that's where uh, Anna Bullbrick steps in and she's doing that like high, you know, higher register mm-hmm. in there that really just elevates uh, the layers and stuff. And I love it. Yeah, I, I noted that um, she you had mentioned that she left the band on our, our previous mm-hmm. uh, on episode 72. And I when I was preparing for this show, I saw that when she left the band, she actually went and she recorded. Like three songs with Beyonce, Knowles, yeah, right. Carter. Uh, <laughs> I on, just saw that today. That's on crazy. Lemonade. Yeah. I was like, what? Damn, she like really like plussed up. Right, totally. Mm-hmm. She like went to the top, the queen. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. She like yeah. turned in her resume and she was like, yeah, okay, well, like, you're, you're on these three songs. Done I and made done. It, yeah. Um, and I also uh, noted that in relation to her, I guess, in some way, shape, or form, um, the violinist, or one of the violinists for Calder uh, Quartet who are featured on this song, um, it's Andrew Bulbrook. So I don't know if that's like a, a brother or a husband or, I wonder. or whomever, but it was like, oh, well, there's a, a quick hookup right there. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that's how they got, yeah, got them on the different various songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. I, I, that's such an interesting last name I'd have never heard before other than hers. So I, I would imagine mm-hmm. that would be a really fucking small world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if that were the case. <laughs> they both play violas or violins or whatever. Yeah, right. um, and I also uh, made a note that the drums are killing it on this song. I really like oh, the, uh, yeah, the, right the way they come in to this. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I, um, I didn't. I, I said earlier, like I didn't have a lot to talk about Darren Taylor, the drummer, but um, I do like his stuff. He, he had mentioned briefly when I was reading about him that he had been self-taught and... I think that's really fascinating. Some of the the things in this, I wonder how much Mikel, he has such a vision in his mind of his songwriting and what he's trying to convey. I don't know all these different layers if it's him or if it's, you know, kind of the collaboration of the band, like where they're pulling in with that, if he had it kind of orchestrally in his mind Mm -hmm. or if they're like, oh, this is what would sound good. But something about it, it's just really cool. And I I like the drums on this song and and so Mm -hmm. many of them. Um, They're very interesting. Um, Various... Or a lot of things on this too I'm going to mention is that um, a lot of the lyrics mean so much to me so I'm going to try not to just read and read but some of them I, I just think they're they're fucking poetry man mm-hmm. and I really like poetry and I like slam poetry and stuff and a lot of these kind of remind me of some different slam poets I know um, that play that you know say their their poetry over music and stuff mm-hmm. um, Mikel obviously sings these things but um, some of them mean so much to me so on this song um, there's, a, there's a part that I like a lot um, that I that I always sing 
this is why I like singing this song. It, it, it gets something out whenever I'm frustrated with life or how things are going, whatever. And it says, we grow old all at once and it comes like a punch in the gut, in the back, in the face. When it seems someone's lied and our parents have died, then we hold on to each other in their place. And I feel the water rising all around us. Maybe that's okay. Yeah, I feel the world changing all at once. I guess it'll be okay. And it just, it, from the moment I heard this till now, like so much has changed since 2011 uh, in my life and in the world at large. And uh, that the, that section of lyrics has gotten me through much, so much shit. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, like really therapeutic. And this this whole album was has been therapeutic for me over time. And um, sometimes I'll notice that I'll, I'll cherry pick the lyrics. I was going back reading lyrics for these songs and I'd be like, oh, that's what he's been saying this whole time. But I realized like I just took like a piece here and a piece here. Yeah. And I applied it to my life wherever I needed it. And that's changed over time, too, which is fascinating too. just how music has that power yeah. to help, you know, through some stuff. Uh, but this song is just it's a roller coaster of emotion and music and it just uh scratches that itch that i fucking love all over again mm-hmm. um this great way to start the album i'm so glad that you uh, listened to it a bunch of times it's one of my very favorites of theirs so is this one that they keep in the rotation whenever they play live uh i f- i think so and this is so weird too because um the last time i saw them i think was 2015 uh that might have been the last time they toured and I haven't seen them in so long. They they do play a lot of their hits, but they you know they're always touring like any band with a new album, and so they play all those new songs. But I feel like this is one of their staples that I, I have heard a few times because I've seen them three or four times in concert now, I guess mm-hmm. over the years, and uh, I feel like this is one that that sticks around. Okay, well good. But I don't really remember. Yeah, like, um, and this one the the bombastic video. Um, it's it's black and white. It just has like hanging lights, and it kind of starts on Mikel in the foreground, and then like the band is kind of stair step behind him, and then eventually the Calder Quartet is there, and there's like a children's choir. Yeah, and it's just fucking like awesome. Uh, it gets it swell. The song swells into this really epic thing, and mm-hmm. the the video really fits that. It's one of my very favorites of that. Yeah, I like the reveal of all of the like band members are like they're already there. They're just hanging out in yeah, the dark, right? like some vampires or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like some night blah, blah, blah. turn on the light for me. <laughs> I am playing guitar now. Just accents, just accents. I'm like the Kirk Hammett of uh, this band. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, or he's, the... he's a Metallica. He's the lead guitar for Metallica. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I know that name. Yeah, right. I was thinking. <laughs> I was trying to go back through my head, and the only one I could remember was, uh, no, I can't remember his name. Was, who's the lead singer's name? Duh, Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> oh, it's Brent. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're, no, you're fucking, like when I was listening to our last episode, and you're, you're, huh, 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 was fucking just getting me, man. I was cracking up all over again. My throat hurt up through like Tuesday for doing all that. It was wild. So fucking funny, man. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so track number two, Numb. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought this was going to be a cover of Linkin Park's Numb, and oh, I was a little no. bit disappointed. It was like, okay, I guess they did a good version of it. That'd be, uh, mm-hmm. that'd be interesting. You Like, what if this whole time I was like, never played this for you, and you're like, I know this song? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't know that was them. <laughs> I do feel like I know, what is Linkin Park's Numb? I've it for become me right so numb, I can, I can feel you there. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Does it not ring a bell for you? No, I, no it does. Uh, that has a cover, too that I, I do like by uh, by someone I can't remember right now but um, like a, a slowed down a girl on the internet yeah a girl on the internet there's mm-hmm. a good version of that here we go here we go oh like a whistle oh yeah hell yeah <clears throat> okay let me see if I get to the chorus here 
Oh my god. Chester. Oh. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, play that. You get it, right? No, I do get it. Ring a bell for you? Yeah, and mm. that is funny because when did that come out? Do you remember? Uh, that was, was 2003. Yeah, yeah so 2003. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you definitely think this would be a cover. Mm -hmm. um, like upon first reading of it. They do. I, I had put a note on here uh, a different album. They recorded this, the Airborne Toxic event recorded uh, live at the Walt Disney Concert Hall between their last album and this one. And they do a, a cover version of Goodbye Horses. The song that uh, that Wild Bill dances sexily to in, in oh, Silence yeah. of the Lambs, uh -huh. and the, the Airborne uh, song they play that one a lot live, and uh, and it's really good. Um, so yeah, they do have some cover versions out there, but uh, not this one is their their original num. And it's interesting because I do I love that Lincoln Park song, but I totally forgot about it. I never connected those. But um, this one, the mm. the Airborne Toxic Event one, this has been one of my very favorites of theirs, uh, and also a very therapeutic song. It's um, it speaks to, to me, it's the lyrics or, are just kind of about in general about life and feeling like overwhelmed and you just want to, you just want to feel numb. But I think some of the lyrics speak actually more toward like a, a failed relationship. There's like talk of like, I just want to drink so I can stop feeling my feelings about you mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, and it's been a, an important song to me over time. It, it musically, I, I really love it. I like the the feeling this song gives i'd put a note that it makes me think of like new, like walking around new york city in like circle 2009 mm -hmm. um and specifically the movie nick and nora's infinite playlist which is one of my favorites that i feel like some of this music could have fit really well in there and that era and uh, it has all these instruments you wouldn't expect on a rock album it has like a piano or a xylophone and like electronica kind of like a bass in the background in some points it's got all these different layers and stuff uh but lyrically um, I, I've always just really, really liked it. So I was curious, uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Brent? So, uh, real quick, I noticed that uh, when we were going to like discuss this, I went ahead and uh, downloaded the uh, deluxe version of this mm -hmm. off of uh, Apple Music. And I noticed that this song was missing off of a version of the deluxe album. There Weird. are like two different deluxe versions of this. So it was on one, but not the other. So that I just, I was like, I don't have time for this. So I went back and I downloaded the original release of this with okay. just the 11 tracks. And then uh, I went and, and listened to the uh, the bonus tracks off of just separately. the other thing. But, um, but yeah, I was like, man, how could they exclude this? This is one of the more catchy songs on the album, right I would on, say. Yeah. It, it is to me anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And on Genius, it said that this song was about touring, but also could be about something else. I'm like, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, and like you could say that about anything. Literally yeah, I don't anything. Know if I trust genius. Yeah, yeah. This song is about animal crackers, but I could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, well then, why even try at this point? So, is it about touring? I don't know. But it, it, I it wonder. Seems, yeah, it seems like you were saying like you can take the the lyrics to this and yeah. shape them to uh, whatever you're feeling at that point. Which is ironic because you're not really feeling anything if you're numb. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? That's, uh, how the, that's the level that's how of the Jolet layers. Jolet is working on. Is it Jolet or, or Jollet? Jolet. Mikel Jolet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fran, Mikel Franz Jolet. I found his middle name uh, on something I was reading an article about him. Is this when it's you like, were going through his trash? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've got it. They'll never catch me about that time the spotlight comes out. I was like, it's the guy with the chainsaw hands again. <laughs> I knew it. I told you to get out of here. Go on, get. He hit you with a spray bottle. 
tried to scare off the cat. That always works. I'm scared of those. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah, you're, I'm really you're little, like glowing, <laughs> glowing eyes, <laughs> like a raccoon. <laughs> you have a little raccoon mask over your eyes. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, you know my look. <laughs> I, my night, it's my nighttime jog look. That's all. Yeah, it's like. Look, I'm just trying to dress up as Robin from Batman yeah. and so this is my whole thing. Yeah, that, I don't know what the problem is, uh-huh. you know, but people get really sketchy about that. So, yeah, whatever, yeah. especially if you're going through the trash. It's like, leave me alone. Or you put it out here. Yeah, it's on the city side of the curb. So yeah, you're done, right? It's public information at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any banana peels? No. All right. Mm hmm. Preparation age. Okay. Ever since people started throwing their banana peels in traffic, like in Mario Kart, it's <sighs> real, real hard to come across those in the wild. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 become a real problem, though. You know, um, the other day, I, Houston traffic is really bad. You know that. Um, mm-hmm. The other day, there was a fucking blue spiky shell. Oh Just my took god! Out right next to me. God, could have been so me. bad. They, why do we pay money? To have these people like in the city clean up this stuff if they're not going yep. to do it, you know? Come on. Oh you got to get into it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. get, I, I I've seen pictures of a, a naked lady dancing on top of a semi that stopped traffic in Houston. I have driven past a semi truck fully on fire in Houston. It mm-hmm. would not surprise me if someone built a replica <laughs> wooden spiky blue shell and it fell off the back of a truck and someone mm-hmm. got hit by that, you know, <laughs> at this point. Yep. <laughs> It could happen. Uh-huh. Um, so for uh, for Numb, one of the lines that I liked a lot, this one does have sort of a like a pre-chorus and not a chorus a lot. It just says, like, I just want to be numb kind of mm-hmm. over and over again. Uh, but there's this line. I, I like this song because it, it feels like you're 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 out of control. You're trying to control things and feel numb, at least not feel anything. But it's like has this like spinning and spiraling effect to it. Uh, and then a pre-chorus goes, and the ever-turning spinning wheel of people, places, lies, I feel, the restless beat of the sleepless night to come. And then kind of builds, like kind of stops, and then goes with that chorus. And mm-hmm. there's just something about the the structure musically of this song that I just really fucking dig a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think um, some of the guitar work on this song in particular, I thought if this album were a harder, like musically harder um, like metallic or whatever. I mm-hmm. think some of the guitar stuff they have in there is really interesting. Some of the solo stuff, some of the, the quick, I don't know what you'd call it. Um, it's like they're, they're on like two, one or two strings and they're just kind of like, just really like quick thumping, you know? And, um, sometimes I'm like, man, if that were more distorted and these songs were harder, I, I wonder what these would almost sound like by other artists sometimes, uh, interpretations of them. And, uh, I, I, I love them for what they are, and I, I seems like you're you're digging some of it at least. And uh, but I wonder, like, oh, what, what would that sound like if it mm-hmm. were? Would that be more accepted on and this genre if it were like harder? That'd be kind of interesting to me. And this song is one of those that proves that. So yeah, the the galloping they do on those those strings a couple of times it reminds yeah. me of uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger a little bit. You know, the opening of that song. Yes, that's With a great that, way to put that mm-hmm. for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my god, I feel like I'm rising up straight to the right. top. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Okay. okay. Feel a little rocky today? A little bit. A little bit. Uh-huh. And they eventually yeah. get a bass player named Adrian? Is that what I'm to understand? <laughs> wow, this, it's all connected. This is all predestined. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. The Lord does work in mysterious ways. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bombastic video for this one is, um, I, I, it looks like on a bus. And there's, yes. I, there's mm-hmm. actually a part where you can see this like old man sit down behind them. So that mm-hmm. was funny because uh, it's mostly pretty stripped back, this version on the bus. Um, but then Mikkel has a voice that um, 
sometimes he'll go up another octave at a certain point in the song, and then he really just kind of fucking belts it. That's where I love his emotion comes through. And he starts to do that, and I thought so much about like how annoying that probably was. I, if I was on that bus, he'd be like, mm. shut the fuck up. Like, if I didn't <laughs> like the music, I'd be like, get, you have a whole band on here, right? Yeah. Like one snare drum or whatever, but they, they have a drum, you know, they have all this stuff. Um, yeah, the, so the, I wonder how they got permission for that one or whatever. The, you know, the drummer was like playing the snare with his fingers. You know, yeah, he was right. like tapping Quiet. on it. He had his hands flat, but otherwise, yeah, it was it's kind of fun to watch. But I wondered if they rented a bus for like half an hour and they, they were might, like, maybe, "Look, yeah. we just need to take this around town," and maybe that was like some of their yeah. uh, management or whatever that was on the bus in the background or or what have you. Just, yeah, be, maybe just, just because I know. cannot imagine people <laughs> yeah getting on this bus and seeing this happen and not try to like photo bomb them as they're recording or whatever you know yeah like nobody interrupts them either uh, even, nobody even, seems bothered by it yeah yeah and even when the song stops the camera like kind of turns and, and it fades to black in a way but nobody yells like oh doyle rules or whatever you know <laughs> none, yeah none of that shit are like oh okay this has to be people that are in on it or they yeah, were given like ten dollars yeah. to, to just sit there silently I wonder that because everything just seems so like they don't have a lot. This isn't like a huge band. They don't have a lot of money. Uh, they were doing like 11 music videos, essentially. Like they can't pay a ton. Mm. They clearly like um, some of them rent out places because it looks like a, a music studio or whatever. Or, like they're on a merry-go-round. I wonder nobody else is around them in that one. You know, I wonder if they rented that too or snuck in somewhere. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it works. Uh, and nobody tries to. Odoi rules them. Also, mm-hmm. a banana peel accident in that movie with that family. So, oh, man, they really go. got together. Damn. Wow. We are on it. We are. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Making all the connections. Is that Billy there. Madison? <laughs> Billy Madison. There yeah, you for, go. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For yeah. sure. It's Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> uh, anything else for uh, for Numb for you? No, no, we can we can move on if you like. Uh, so the next song, track three, is called Changing. Um I'm so interested on some of these two. I, I like so far you liked that first one a lot. I think you like Numb a lot. Um, but I, some of the songs I was like, I wonder if this might be Brent's fa- favorite. And it was never mine. Like changing to me has grown to me over time, but it wasn't my favorite at first. Um, it's fun. It has a good hook and a good beat. Um, but for like lyrically, it wasn't a whole lot. This is one of the songs I, in an interview I'd read or uh, listened to with Mikel Jolay. He said like some of the songs are folk songs or rock songs. Some of them are just jams. And this one has like, a real like chorus and stuff like they really just kind of it's just like meant to be a song you dance to or whatever mm-hmm. and um so it never meant a ton to me but i it's grown to me over time um and i also this is another song i wondered like by another person if this would have been a bigger hit they tried to make this a hit this is one of the music videos you mentioned that mm-hmm. they had done and it was on spotify um this song has been played 17 million times oh so yeah. it actually is it's the number one on this album by far um the next one was all at once um the uh, first track, uh, which had six million plays on Spotify. So this one's definitely the hit, but it was never for me. So I was curious, maybe this was one you loved, maybe it wasn't. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, wait, you said that this song has 17 million plays on Spotify? Yeah. Wow, so they earned $28 this sure. from this. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, 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 $27.50, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Taxes. I <laughs> get you coming and going on this. Um, Steven, this is actually my favorite song on this album. I thought, see, it, that's hilarious. As soon I as I it. heard the opening notes to this, I looked uh-huh. directly at my phone because I had it like playing on the speaker at first. Uh-huh. And I was like, hold on. Let me back this up. So I went back to the very beginning and I cranked it up, and I was like, "Holy shit, this song is a fucking jam!" Like, there, I love just, that. That's amazing. There's something about the the musicality of it. I'm not really a, a melody person, uh, mm. but there's something about the the melody of the instrumentation here 
that really spoke to me. And That's I awesome. love that a lot. I think it's the most fun uh, song on the album. For sure, for sure. And it's uh, it has like a bouncy energy to it that I respond to. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I certainly appreciated that. I also noted that it's catchy as fuck. Oh, the, uh, yeah, with the, for the guitar sure, right? and the, the vocals there. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like a really good like walking bass line to it that yeah. helps like drive everything forward, even when like some of the other instruments duck in and out of the song. And... Um, on the third verse, it's just the the vocals and the drums, and yeah. I'm picturing in my head like during this live performance, that's when he has everyone in the audience like clap along or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is like the audience participation portion of this song, and I'm just I'm here for it. That's that's, that's awesome. all I want. It's perfect. I loved it. I'm so glad. I really thought there were some songs on here that I was like, man, this is just a little like for sure. Like the hook on this is so good, and it. Um, the, the beat that keeps along on there and how they drop out the rest of the music and it just goes along with the clapping like they had not only they have a music video for this which has these guys called the uh, the striker all-stars from yeah, LA they're like this. a, yes. a uh-huh. dance group yeah uh-huh. yeah so they're in the the video they are also in the bombastic video which mm-hmm. is a more stripped down version but they're still there and they clap along and do all this cool shit um, and then there's a third video that was also produced by Vivo called Vivo Go, where they're on another bus and they invited a bunch of fans on and they do like everybody's fucking clapping and they really get into that mm-hmm. uh, on the bus. And it's a pretty like pretty great video, too. So you have a lot of versions of this out there uh, and they definitely you can tell like this is the one that they loved ha- like to play the most. Right. It's the most fun mm-hmm. uh, to enjoy and everything. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. And those those dancers are pretty rad, too. I could see this being like the end of a concert. You know, you want to go out yeah. with a bang. This is the one you do. And you have people clap your hands. Unless you've got two chainsaw hands, that's going to be problematic. <laughs> there might be it's an avocado clap. clap. It's like, I tried and I caught this avocado. <laughs> God, this keeps happening to me. I can't. This, You know what? Let's just end it. I'll just hold my arms up in an X. Avocados um, are dangerous. That's what I'm telling you. So... When I was watching the uh, the videos, I watched all the bombastic videos. I watched both music vid- videos that were associated mm-hmm. with this. Um, listened to both bonus tracks, so I tried to come as prepared as I could. As I was watching the bombastic videos, and they played them in order of th- the same order that they're on the album, mm-hmm. the, the tracks are on the album. So I watched the bombastic video for this song, and it's just the band playing in front of like a brick wall or whatever. Then all of a sudden, like I think mid verse mid first verse and mm-hmm. the camera pans over and it shows these five like black guys that are doing this dance like i can't describe it but it's just like you've seen it before <laughs> it's and like stomp is what maybe a, a little bit right yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's something that i i associate with um uh black americans like dancing it it, it almost i i keep wanting to say that it has like this drumline feel but it's not mm. that it's it's something that's like but i get what you're saying with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's there it's like choreographed but also there's some like soul to it a little bit, mm-hmm, but like sure. it pans over. I'm like, who are these five dads? <laughs> their clothes and stuff. Yeah. I was like, where are they in this music video? And then like they kind of like clap along and like they like play on their chests and, and whatnot throughout uh, the video. And then like toward the end of the song, they they walk through the band playing or whatever and they sing along and everything. It's like everybody's having a good time. That's what the song is. The song is like the good time on this album. Right on totally. Um, and then, yeah, when you watch the actual video, they're in there. So it, you could tell they it's shot like a the, whole club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They shot yeah. this bombastic video the, the same day as, you know, recording. 
recording the actual video from mm-hmm. from what we could tell. But on the the bridge, it has like the drummer. He plays a little bit, and then like it cuts to the guys, and they play their like chests and like stomp around and whatnot. Right. And they incorporate incorporate that into the music video, which I think is fun. It's like an alternative way to listen to the song outside of what you would hear on the album itself. So it's totally, a, yeah. uh, an extra little bit of something, something to it. And like, uh, this band is very, uh, singer songwriter focused. So mm-hmm. anything that plays with, uh, or adds additional rhythms to it, I appreciate because that's how I listen to music. I mainly pay attention totally. to uh, the rhythm of some, something instead of like the lyrics or the melody for the most part. Yeah, and that makes sense why this would be your your favorite on the album um, and why some of the other ones I'll be curious as well. Like that might be my favorites. Like there's some that are like really slow songs that are really like methodical and then uh, and melodic and uh, the the way the lyrics flow and stuff are like, oh, this means so much to me. But they're they're the opposite of this. Like they are stripped down folk songs where this mm-hmm. is like, you know, like a fun rock song uh, yeah. with a good beat. So, yeah, there's a lot of variety on this album and uh very, very curious to get the, the rest of your thoughts. Uh, any others for this song? Yeah, uh, I just noted that, and I, I can't remember where I found this, so this could be entirely bullshit, but <laughs> I've got this note that the song was originally called Something You Own before the album was released in 2011, mm. it, which is a, a lyric in the, the song as well. But yeah, um, yeah it, it was either from Genius or Wikipedia. These are my two resources. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and also with this one on the the bus, the Vivo Go video they had on the bus, he shouts out in the middle when they're not singing or whatever, he shouts out that this started as an answering machine like song that they did. I assume at his apartment or something. Oh, weird. That they were just like playing around with this song and like making up shit for an answering machine. And then they were like, oh, this is actually a good song. We should like develop this more, I guess. Oh, uh, OK. So, yeah, it's had a lot of a crazy life, you know, that, over that, time. So. What a weird way to release music for your audience you know <laughs> call this yeah. phone number listen to the whole album and then right. leave a message let us know what you think yeah mm-hmm. we'd really really appreciate it yeah it's about a 45 minute outgoing message <laughs> <laughs> wait for the beep mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah that is it's definitely grown to me over time and it's one that i like a lot now but uh yeah i i was i liked some of their other stripped back stuff more when i first listened to it um or more like of the orchestral stuff right and then uh this song is, is is different than that, but it's uh, it's also very good. So the next song, track four, also uh, is the kind of difference of that. All, All for a woman is what it's called, and um, this one to me definitely starts out slow and it and then it builds. Uh, but fuck, oh, this song really gets me. That um, has this beautiful guitar in the beginning. Um, this one was my one of my favorite bombastic videos. It starts off in a church and it's like they're they're on the stage and it's just a uh, the, the bass player playing guitar they all like switch instruments all the time i find it fascinating and live shows too they're all over the place um doing like someone will like move from the drums and start playing something else and then like all of a sudden the violinist is playing drums and you're like what's happening and it's just it's just glorious and um so they started this bombastic video they're just like walking slowly down this church and it's just i'm not a you know you and i aren't religious but it, there's something about a church and the music there the way the the sound is there you know this one made me think of the song hallelujah um like jeff buckley's version in particular um and i just loved it so it it fits really well with it um the viola and the like the i think there's like some cello in this too or are so good in this song um and to me the his his voice pierces out through this song with such uh sincerity and the lyrics mean a lot to me um i didn't write any down 
I I noted on here that this one was interesting to me because when I this is one that I when I read it out, I was like, oh, he's telling a, a story that I never really got when I didn't read the lyrics. Um, I I also cherry picked with this one, but it's always just been like little parts of it mean a lot to me. So um, there's just a lot. It's building this, this story, and and I I like a lot of the way this one feels like poetry as well. Uh, and then it, it also builds, and it has like this really cool guitar and and more of the the woo woos. Um, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of leading things as well. So, uh, what are your thoughts, Brent? Uh, I like the vocal harmony by Anna on this one. Yeah, I think it's really nice and complements his voice uh, real well. And then this song has a real slow dance at the prom vibe to it. To Ooh, me, perfect, perfect mm-hmm. description of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this makes me think yeah. of the, the the song we opened with a little bit, the Wolf Alice song, "Don't Delete the Kisses." Mm-hmm. Um, makes me think of this type of song from from Airborne and. Um, and I connected that in my brain of just, you know, they, they had similar feelings to me. That also is uh, like slow dancing the prom song or even like just dancing the prom song. It um, has a feeling like that. And Anna Bulbrick I saw recently, um, now she's not in the band and stuff. She was doing something at some like music festival and she interviewed Wolf Alice because she loves them. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there you go. There's like a connection even there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one to me, yeah, that's a good way to, to describe that. Was her interview with Wolf Alice, do you guys need a violinist? Because... <laughs> Because Beyonce had three songs and I had no more. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I need a new band. Hey, when life hands you lemonade, you take advantage of it and you um, squeeze some lemons at this festival. So. Exactly. You got to get which in Which bunk am I in? <laughs> <laughs> How did she get on the tour bus anyway? Who is this chick? Yeah. She's not even supposed to interview us today. It was a guy named Steve. She invited herself in, so she's not a vampire, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah, there you go. At least we'll you know see. That. This is supposed to be a full moon. Yeah. Here in the next couple of weeks, so just keep your eyes peeled, and I guess well, you know, lock up your valuables. I don't know. It is it is Woof Alice, you know. Oh, so yeah, yeah, they need a real woofer in there. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Unless they're a werewolf band, I don't know. Anna, congratulations, you're in the band. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be expecting a presence here upon the full moon. So mm, exactly, yeah. So we'll yeah. see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, uh, any other notes for you on this one? No, huh? No, we can move yeah, on. Right on. Um, so the next one, track five, is It Doesn't Mean a Thing. Um, this one fucking uh, is another, you know, just real fun song that just kind of goes from the start. The drums kick in, and uh, it's just like a thumping good song. Um, it's about Mikkel's parents marrying young, I guess. Okay. Because um, uh, there's parts about like, there's like a shotgun wedding, but they forgot to bring the guns mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, his parents met really young and his dad, there's a, a line in here about his dad being six months out of Chino. He had been in jail. I don't know what for, uh, been in prison and then got out. And then they had like a really quick wedding and, and uh, they didn't have any money. And then there's later in the song, it's kind of like advice from his dad about, about life and keeping your head down and, and trying to, trying to make things work, whatever. Wait, his, um, his dad went to jail in Chino. Yeah. Is his, is his dad Ryan from the OC? <laughs> you know, I wonder. I feel like they would have a song on the OC. I wonder. I thought they did. did I they think not? they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. at some point. That mm-hmm. seems like yeah, that kind of era. And, yeah, uh, that they would play that as well. Um, but yeah, I uh, I do think that Ryan is probably his dad. I think there's a connection there. Okay, a connection and, has been and made. And Seth is his uncle. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is his uncle. I thought so. Okay, <laughs> bringing in the Seth verse. And, Jay Burrishell, uh-huh. his grandma. Oh, that's all right there. I know. It's all connected. It all makes sense. You know, I didn't think about it until you said it, and then I was like, of course. <laughs> of course, this all makes sense. 
so I like to listen to this song while I'm driving. Uh, this is one of the, I, this whole album is a great driving album. Um, a lot of them, particularly at night, that, uh, that feeling of driving and you're just like all alone on the highway, like when I'm going to Oklahoma and it's like an eight hour drive and mm -hmm. it's just me and there's like one other trucker, you know, um, some of these really help pump me up and some help me think about things while I'm alone out there. This one is one of those that makes me pump up and stuff. Uh, the bombastic video for this one is just them like sitting on the floor with our like next to a rocking chair. It's really stripped back. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. It's okay. But the, mm -hmm. the song, I, I think because the song itself is so much rock, whenever you hear the, the real studio version of it. So yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Brent? A lot of bare feet in that bombastic video. Like, mm, don't need this. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> Not hit him. Yeah, Mikhail yeah. had the decency to wear white socks. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, and I, the only note I had for this was uh, wondering if this was the song was about like a forced relationship just based on that first verse. But then as oh, I listened to gotcha. it further, I was like, oh, he's telling a story of like people that were maybe maybe got married too young or, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't work out and then joined a cult. And, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, we've all been there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's God, I can't remember. I keep forgetting what it, the cult was called. But um I didn't know that for like during this era, like he, he has that book and, and album Hollywood park now that he really goes into that. I don't remember at what point he started telling people about that stuff, but I did know a little bit about his dad cause they were really close and he's mentioned that before, but, uh, and then his parents had married, married really young and, and all that. Um, but yeah, it's like his mom got involved in this and his dad was trying to get them out. And then eventually his mom realized, Oh, this is a cult. And then like in the middle of the night they left, and uh, but it started with, you know, they were kind of like hippies just trying to get married young and stuff and they couldn't afford anything. They're like they talk about like hitchhiking up the 101, all of their friends because nobody could afford to get out. Oh, to their wedding and stuff. Let's yeah. start listing the right. highways. Yeah. Take the 101 to the 405. <laughs> Daniel Sanchez knows what I'm talking about. He knows that Cali life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun song. It was also never one of my favorites, but I it's one that I've gone back and listened to a lot more. Uh, for me, it's like changing in that way. So, mm, okay. Uh, all your notes good? Yes. Sweet. Um, so, track number six, uh, The Kids Are Ready to Die. Uh, wow. Talk about a title. I, was, um, I noted this is such a metal-ass <laughs> song title. Right? Yeah, I read this it's out loud to my cool. wife. I was like, well, there's a song in this album called The Kids Are Ready to Die. And she's like, damn. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. crazy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it already evokes so much imagery on that note. Um, and one of my, I, I put like, man, this song, damn, uh, this has gotten me through some emotions, but I realized this is one that I never really connected to my life. Like some of the other ones, like some of the other things are about relationships or just general unhappiness with life and trying to get through that and stuff. And, and this one, I always kind of listened to it like a, a, it made me think of like a school shooting in America. Like it made me think of those, that type of event, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the lyrics when I was reading of it made me think, more like the next song, uh, Welcome to Your Wedding Day. And it, the songs bridge together. Like if you listen to them in a row, the end of this song, the way it it kind of outros just builds right into the next song. So mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's meant more like um, almost like an, uh, an anti-war song. Like, like they'll talk about like um, drone strikes from America, you know, on, on these like Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and... Or like, I think there's like something about uh, Iran with this like protester. They uh, we'll get into for the next song and everything. But um, this song slowly builds and then it's it's really fucking raw. Um, some of the lyrics I had written down were, um, "But you can't look me in the eye and say you don't feel like a little destruction." 
um, and the kids are lined up on the wall and they're ready to die. There's there's a, a part in this that makes me think of my dad. He, he talks about in this uh, one of the lyrics is something about like I was sitting there with a bottle in one hand and a pen in the other, um, screaming, um, "Can you look me in the eye?" And, you say you don't feel like a little destruction. My dad growing up had been a Baptist and he got to a point one time where he got a bunch of his friends together as like teenagers and they, they got a Bible and they were like, man, our pastor said this, but the Bible says this, this guy's full of crap. And he was basically calling out the religious, the bullshit religion that was placed on top of this, you know, mm-hmm. spirituality or whatever. Um, and this song makes me think of that. makes me think of that rebelliousness that I've had against religion in some parts or, or authority mm-hmm. Um, and the song for being slower and more raw and stuff, it it really, um, and not really attached to my life in any any meaningful way means something to me. And I've always been attracted to the song. Um, and, uh, yeah, some of it just, just fucking, you know, emotes. Some of the song just really gets in there. And, uh, I'm curious uh, for your thoughts on this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, just so you don't have to edit that out. That was my dog that was in the room that was shaking its head. I thought it was a rattlesnake. (laughs) Yeah. There's was a like snake a... in my boot. <laughs> <laughs> it was so quick, though. I was like, Brent is playing an instrument or something. I don't know what's going on down there. Now, Miles was wilding out down here. Oh, cool. cool. Um, so there's a haunting piano that plays about yes. two thirds of the way through the song. That's it just has like this air of uh, creepiness to it that adds to the the, the lyrics of the song mm-hmm. and, and that musical direction. And then I also noted that there's an alternate mix of this on one of the deluxe editions. I don't know which one. They're both titled the same <laughs> fucking thing. It says deluxe album on both of them. It's wildly confusing. You don't know what you're going to get. I don't know if this is just on Apple Music or if this is how, if you were to go buy a physical version of this, if it's on there. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, where'd it come from? I don't understand reality. I've, <laughs> I've never seen something like this. A deluxe album. We're taking away a thing, but it's deluxe. Trust me, it's plus up. You're gonna want we it. We did remove something, yeah. but it is more, but not um, addition. It's, it's not. It's a complex algorithm we've run. What's up? Okay, we've got a second version of the deluxe thing that has everything you know, but then also more stuff. However, the one I'm here to sell you <laughs> is the one with the extra stuff, but we're taking away one of the things you like. Anyway, give me some money for it. That's it. So the alternate mix of this has a quieter, like, synth, bass, whatever thing on, on the verses. Interesting. I don't think so, I've ever heard that one. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Uh, gotcha. I, don't, I don't know that the, the, the vocal takes are any different or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's just simply uh the the verse music is uh potted down a little bit gotcha that's that's it i like the way that it showed up on the final album though where it's it's uh it's not above the vocals or whatever but it's it's has more of a presence there Mm -hmm. so yeah i like that yeah that makes sense for that um this one the bombastic video um it's almost black and white it's like really drained color and this was one of my favorites as well i'd forgotten about it until i was watching it last night and um it was just really fucking good to me because it's just Bikel by himself like in a spotlight and then like two-thirds of the way through the song like when that piano kicks in it zooms back and it go you realize you've always been in a stairwell and it zooms back where the like bars for the, the handrail were and that's where like Mikel had been and it's like this cool shot and then the whole band is kind of down this like industrial stairway and it, just something about like this song the rawness of it and that visual uh, and the way that music kind of like reverberates in that room. It just, it recorded beautifully as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one uh, too, for that bombastic video, I thought was so good. Um, another lyric I had written down for this one was um, 
All these days just seem like they're getting longer. The view from my room and the gloomy is a gloomy and overcast gray. The weakness we left behind seems to be getting stronger. I swear there's something in the air and I don't know what any anyone could say. And it's just again poetry to me. Some of his his stuff is so um, literary in the way that it I, I get the stories from him or whatever. And and mm-hmm. this one again I don't feel like the lyrics mean a lot to my life specifically, but they've always meant something to me emotionally and mm-hmm. um empathetically empathetically you know um that i can feel for someone else in that situation whatever that situation might be that i'm interpreting as i listen to it you know yeah um, so it's definitely a slower song that that kind of builds up and uh but i've always liked this one a ton so hell yeah uh, well know. like you said uh that song leads directly into the next song um yes. you want to talk about welcome to your wedding day yeah, track number seven, Welcome to Your Wedding Day. Um, so I, I was trying to research a little bit more on this one. Um, they had a song right before this in 2010. They had a song called Nita um, or Nada. I, I don't listen to it very often. It was on a, a single. So it's like when I was hearing about them, I never found that one until years and years later. Um, but it's basically about a, uh, a woman named Nita Aga Sultan in Iran. And she was a, she died during a protest by the... Uh, about the democratic quote-unquote elections that year and uh and she died so they had they had done the song about her and they had done like a uh fundraiser about it like a youtube thing like you know remember remember nita mm-hmm. and i'm not sure that welcome to your wedding day is about her specifically it it, it might be kind of it's right after that it's gonna kind of era um it's about kind of like the american wars over there in that region and the drone strikes and stuff and from what I remember, what I could find about it, it's about like a wedding day in in the Middle East that there's like a bomb in the middle of and throwing it all into chaos. So the song is, is really heavy rock um, and good beats and there are a lot of interesting music stuff punctuating throughout that. Um, and it's angry. It's 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 got some synth in the chorus. Um, the the there's a, like the lyrics I wrote down is just we don't negotiate with terror. There's this part where that keeps repeating. Mm-hmm. And he mentions it in a way that is like uh, a quote from like George Bush and and the American wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff. But it doesn't. Uh, he's mentioning it in a way as like anti-war. This whole thing is like welcome to your wedding day. Look what how fucked up everything is, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Brent? Uh, like you were saying on the we don't negotiate with terror part. Um, it's like gang vocals there, where like several of them are singing at the same time and shouting that. Crips I always like bloods. that in songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Crips yeah. and the Bloods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody really <laughs> came together for that. Uh-huh. No more the, bombings. The, the Hatfields, most of the McCoys, some of them <laughs> were sick. Um, yeah. They they refused to get uh, vaccines. Of it's, course, of yeah, course, yeah, of course. Fucking classic McCoys, back yeah. at it again. <laughs> Um, but on this song, from what I found on, again, this is Wikipedia, uh, but it mm-hmm. says that Welcome to Your Wedding Day was pinned in response to the Debala wedding party bombing, which there happened in July of 2008. And it was a, a, a situation where 47 Afghans were killed. Um, it was something where the United States government had uh, bombed this village, thinking that there was a uh, terrorist in that area, uh, but it turns out that i i don't know that that was the case um mm-hmm. but uh the u.s government denied it and that whole thing so how uh, fucked up is that man yeah yeah uh let's see here he says uh Mikkel says all those people died and then everyone was on the news like i don't understand why they don't appreciate our presence it's mm. like well uh, spoilers 
Yeah. You, you killed a bunch of them. <laughs> right. uh, and they were all innocent people, so. Man, um, that's fucked up. But yeah, this song was uh, was intense, man. Uh, especially like knowing, because I, I read about that before listening to the song gotcha. itself. And then listening back to the song, I was like, oh boy, this is, this is rough. This is uh, one of the rockier songs. I feel like I should like this more, but it's just hard to listen to. It's hard to listen to, though, uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of interesting that the bombastic video from this one is like in a parking structure, and there's like a, a classic car behind them and a motorcycle. The lights, the headlights are just like shining <laughs> yeah. on them, you know? Uh-huh. Um, it felt, I put a note that it it almost just seemed like a regular music video that anybody would shoot, though. You know, it's like just kind of them standing like a band stands in that formation and mm-hmm. and uh, kind of moving around them, and there's these car lights behind them, you know? Um, but... Uh, I don't know the the song. This was one that never really like hit me earlier. I didn't listen to it as much. I think because it is such a, a deeply emotional song for the event that it is talking mm-hmm. about. And uh, Mikel Jolay is not a stranger to politics as well. He's actually become sort of Twitter famous for 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 politics, whatever. And I've followed him for years for music. And then uh, when uh, Trump came into office and stuff, he really like started being very vocal. And he has so many tweets that are like you know, 20,000 likes and stuff and shared all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he has a lot to say about that. And he never is shied away with that in his music. They've always like that Nita song. And then this one, they've never shied away from being the same way that any, uh, you know, Bob Dylan wrote anti-war songs or whatever. And that, you know, they were in a moment, um, to capture that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. to state their piece or whatever. So, uh, I definitely agree with a lot of his statements in this, um, but it's not one that I, you know, listen to as much, when I first came out and everything. Yeah. It's not a feel good hit necessarily. It's Um, just like the the subject matter. If it were like a fictional event, it'd be one thing, but knowing that this happened to actual people uh, who were innocent, they lost their lives. It's uh, it's rough. It's rough to listen to, but it is like a good song. It's, it's more um, energetic than some of the other songs on this album. So I like it for that reason. For sure. All right. So the next is track eight, half of something else. Um, this is another one of my favorites and, uh, it opens so beautifully. It's, um, this was also one of my favorite bombastic videos. This is the one I keep mentioning on the merry-go-round. Yeah. And it has the, the Calder quartet and I think it has the toy piano in this one as well. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just love when that thing shows up. It's like a little toy grand and it just so funny to me that they use that and it works so, so well a lot of times on these. Um, and I think too, I, I'd mentioned a little bit about the, uh, the bass player, um, Noah, um, he plays like a regular bass sometimes, but he also plays like a, like an upright bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he'll pick it and sometimes he does like with a bow. And I think on this one, he plays the upright bass, uh, as well. And it's just, again, I just love their, their orchestral parts of these songs or whatever. But, um, this one, yeah, the, the lyrics have uh, always meant a lot to me. Um, I put, um, some of them on here. So I think of all the years spent alone, it's like you're searching for something to make you feel whole, like you're, like you're half of something else, like you're half of something else, just a fraction of yourself. And uh, it really builds into this, um, like freeing, I put like a freeing feeling guitar and swelling music. And then just as soon it brings you back down and it's just with these great drums and then uh, kind of just slows to a pulse for a few lines. It, it really like um, melodically just is like a, another roller coaster kind of song. Uh, and then it just fucking goes like really epic and loud. And um, it's a, a song. It's like a I don't know what it's really about. For mm-hmm. me, this is another one I kind of cherry pick, but it's it's a song about love. It's a song about loss, um, only being half of something else uh, and everything. So um, this was one that I had had a note about it. This song in particular does so many parts that I, I'd put a note that it's like little light bulbs going off all over my body, like the little tingles that I'd be like, 
didn't expect something to go one way and when it did I'd be like oh my god I fucking love where that went musically it just like this felt so good and then they went yeah. over here and they did this with this instrument and it's like the way it just builds and builds and layers on top of each other I just I, I really always dug this one so much so uh, it's always meant a lot to me it's one of, one of my favorite driving songs as well that I, I was Blair and stuff so uh, what are your thoughts about half of something else well I just wondered what the song was about actually um, mm-hmm. but because that's kind of what I was getting is that he's just like half of the equation of being in a relationship with another person and then the uh, the merry-go-round video so much fun but also there's a part where because in the video Mikhail is not playing an instrument he's just singing mm-hmm. as he's riding a, a horsey and there's a, a musical break in the song for like the bridge and he just looks over at the band and he has this big smile across his face right? because he's like we're all playing a song together isn't this fun <laughs> yeah. it had like true joy at that, I know, that right? part of the video so I like that I like that part too I noted that as well because it's like um, he's so happy I, I feel like uh, maybe hearing his music over time, all the different albums, not just this one that I know of that we haven't talked about and everything. And then hearing some of the history of that, like how he, he wrote his first song, like he wanted to be a writer and then he got diagnosed with some, some things he was working through some medical issues. And he kind of locked himself in his room and like wrote a song wishing well, it was like the first song he wrote and it took him like six months to get it all out. And that song as well is, is fucking poetry to me. But, um, you get on this one and I feel like he had all these ideas in his head and then he had he, he got these band members like he met Anna Bulbrick she was a violinist and then they kind of started jamming together and they created this beautiful music and I feel like him looking back on that band right then is like man this is all it was in my head and it's here and we're playing on a fucking merry-go-round with an orchestra like a small orchestra and it's just like so cool um, and he seems genuinely so ecstatic to be doing that and making music with his friends and, uh, and I love it. And there's something about his smile is just fucking charming to me. Um, he's just full of life. And I, I've always loved watching his videos and then seeing him in person and stuff. He's he's everything that I want his songwriting to be in, in a person, you know. He always yeah. fulfilled this, this vision I really liked. I found this on Wikipedia about this album. It says the band contrasted the material on the album with the material from its first album, which songwriter Mikhail Jolet described as consisting entirely of, quote, sad songs about girls, end quote. Uh, All at once, by contrast, contains... This is the funniest part to me. Uh, contains only three sad songs about girls. So he's really like limited. He like put right. the the governor on the throttle of this. He's like, oh, we'll just do three. We're, we're capping out at three. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that is. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and uh, this one, like the the merry-go-round version of that, the the real version of it, whatever. Um, there's just so much to love of, of this song. So mm-hmm. I've always always really dug it. Is have you already got to your favorite song in the album at this point? Um, it's hard for me to really say have... a, a total favorite. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, this is definitely one of them. I think All at Once is pro- or Numb are probably mm-hmm. like Numb is one of my favorites of theirs overall. So it might be my and it means a lot to me. So it might be my favorite mm-hmm. on this album, All at Once, and then uh, this one uh, are are probably my my three favorites. Yeah. Um, and then I like some of the, the slower ones, but they're almost in a different category to me. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. and yeah, so this one, this one's definitely up there for me. Cool. Awesome. All right. You want to move on to the next one? Sweet. Um, yeah. So the track number nine is strange girl. 
Um, this is another one I never really listened to a ton. Um, and it's okay. It hasn't, it's grown on me, but uh, it's not my favorite. It has a fun, playful guitar in it. Uh, and the bombastic video is probably my least favorite. It's really weird. It's like night vision uh-huh. next to like a sleeping woman. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, <laughs> so I don't know what it's really about. There's a lyric in the, in the song that says you're slightly deranged. Like he, he uh-huh. mentions that a couple of times referring to this strange girl. I'm like, dude, you're the one who's you're playing in her bedroom at <laughs> yeah. night with a five-piece band? Um, yeah. Maybe take a look in that mirror. If you can, yeah. maybe you're vampires and you can't Ooh. see anything. But they, they, don't under- us- they don't understand hmm. how strange it is because they can't see the reflections in there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That really opens up the whole meaning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen this band play a show during the day? I've never... I certainly... Well, no. It's always been at night. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've never brought a mirror with me to try, though, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, to see them. I'm telling you. And it's Next funny, time. too, because uh, one show, uh, they had the, like, loading doors up so the band could bring in their equipment or whatever, mm-hmm. and they all just stood outside of it waiting for someone to invite them in. But, like, <laughs> the guy who opened the door, he had to take a phone call, so he ran to the back real quick. Yeah. And so they just, like, stood there, and they're like, well, we should be we should be playing right now. And the audience was like, hey, are you going to are you gonna go inside and, and set up? I'm like, well... We would love to do that, mm-hmm. but for reasons I can't get into, <laughs> we are unable to do so. Some vampire prejudice going on. Yeah, we're not refunding the tickets. Uh, we showed oh, yeah. up. We did our part uh, to the best of our ability, so we'll catch you on the next one. You know, if it was at night, at least, and they can perform during it, you know, and not be in the sunlight and burst into flames or sparkles, whatever you know, yeah. it might be, then uh, they would they would be that band that'd be like, fuck it, we're doing a, a concert in the parking lot. Uh, and we're gonna give a concert to these people, you know. So they mm-hmm. would they would deliver either way. Either way, yeah. That's what's great about them. So, um, so I one of my notes I when I first started liking this song more was specifically because of a story that I heard one time, and I I couldn't find it again. Um, there's a website called thisisnowhere.com, I guess, um, which is based on a, a song title of theirs as well, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a fan site. So I get some of my info from there every once in a while, but it's been years since I've really been on there active. And uh, but there was a story about a young fan who was like an eight year old girl who fucking loves this band. <laughs> and I th- I thought her parents got her into it. But I, I, I was thinking back and I, I think she just like really liked them. And this was her favorite song. And she was like, oh, wow. I'm a strange girl. And it really like meant something to her. And ever since I heard that, I was like, God damn, what a great story. What a great song. And yeah, I, it really grew on me since then, specifically because she liked it so much. And uh, again, it's like not all these songs connect with me personally, but a lot of them do. And some mm. of them, I feel the empathy for other people in situations. And this one, I was like, that I'm not a strange girl, but uh, damn it, if she wasn't, and it meant something to her. And so I thought that was always really cool. Yeah, music connects with people of all stripes, you know? Exactly. Even if something's not for you doesn't mean it can't be for someone else, and that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And We're so, aware of this. We record this podcast. We know it's not for most people. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, any other notes for you on that one? No, uh-uh, not on that no. one. Um, another favorite of mine is the next one, number 10, All I Ever Wanted. Um, this one has a, a good guitar hook, and then um, I, I put, like, fucking strings like a cello, damn, hell yeah. I just got really <laughs> into it all of a sudden. Um, and, I, yeah, I really like this one. I think, if I remember right, this is when I was mentioning that it's um, the title of All I Ever Wanted live from the Walt Disney Concert Hall featuring the Calder Quartet, which was their, um, like, concert album they released before this, with music kind of from both albums and, and everything. And, um, but this song, I've, I've always really liked a whole lot. 
um, uh, the lyrics I had written down, or uh, I can tell you, I can tell you all that. <laughs> sorry, I can tell you that you're all that I've ever wanted, dear. I can utter every word that you'd hope to hear. I shudder when I think I might not be here forever, forever, forever. Um, this one again. When I read the full lyrics, I was like, oh, this is way, it seems like a, like a relationship that was falling apart. Mm -hmm. And it's like trying, trying to be that person for the other person and then mm -hmm. not fulfilling those duties or not being able to, to change and, and do that. Um, but it's been really therapeutic for me in, in various times in my life when, you know, my wife and I were going through something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it might not have been that drastic or dire, but this could get me through some of that, you know? Sure. Um, and it has, it's another roller coaster of like building and lolling and teasing. Um, it's like that, um, it has a cello and a, and a violin in it. I, I put a note that it seems like they're flirting or fighting sometimes. They like play off of each other in a really interesting way. And I got that a lot more with the bombastic video. Um, and the way that they would kind of play off each other, which which had the the Calder Quartet in it, um, and um, yeah, I really love the the triumphant strings. Everything kind of fucking builds, and then at the end, it just like really crescendos, and then just stops, and kind of just lets it all release. And uh, it just has a really a really good roller coaster build that I, I really love in this song. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I noted that the strings on the song fucking rule. Um, mm. It's it's real like it adds an extra level of dynamic to the music that yeah. uh, is, is more obvious than uh, of the the 11 songs on this album uh, the Calder Quartet are credited as being featured on two of them the first one being all at once second one this one the first one I I could like hear some strings but it wasn't mm. as pronounced as it is on this one yeah this one it's like okay we're gonna fucking show up on this one this right is, this is ours we're, yeah. we're gonna put our footprint <laughs> deeply in the sand on this one, um, and then it's like this, an, an orchestra invited a rock band instead yeah, of the exactly. way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, yeah, I noted that this is one of the more energetic songs on the album, so I like this one a lot as well. Yeah, right on. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I've always I've always liked this song too. I some of them, I I put good notes and I listened to this so many times this week. I, I probably listened to the album five times in total once with uh, my wife she also likes this music a lot um you know because i like it but but she's you know she likes it too i guess it's grown on her over time and um she loves some of these songs a lot now um i listen to it a lot that way i, I watched the bombastic videos twice i watched mm -hmm. a lot of interviews and stuff with them and um this is definitely one that that stuck out though um you know upon my re-listens and stuff too that i've, I've always liked that one so sure um, the last song on the album, um, the regular album, without the, the bonus tracks and stuff, is track number 11, The Graveyard Near the House. And um, this is a, just a cool folk song. It's it's really stripped back. Um, I love the guitar in this one. It's so lyrical. And um, it's, it's funny because it's like lyrically, it starts with this story about a uh, like they're walking by a graveyard and it's like a couple that they're, they're, they're joking about basically like that could be us someday, you know? And he goes into this daydream sort of thing is the way I, I, I listen to it at least um, and I love this line it's it's such a weird macabre song whatever to think about like love in terms of death and like that eventually you're both gonna die but also like one partner is gonna die before the other one like if if you get a chance to live together for decades or years or whatever you're able mm -hmm. to get eventually one of you is gonna die and how silly you're gonna look and he has this uh, this line so I, I pictured us like corpses lying side by side in pieces in some dark and lonely plot under a bough we look so silly there all decomposed half turned to dust and tattered clothes that we probably just look we probably look just as silly now 
And um, and then the chorus is like, bye, 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 all this dogged innocence. I can't pretend that I could tell you what is going to happen next or how to be. But do you, but you have no idea about me, do you? And uh, I just love the way this whole song flows. I saved the lyrics as a screenshot on my phone. That's Because awesome. if you go back and listen to episode 72 again, <laughs> we posited that Mikhail Jolet is secretly a murderer <laughs> and based on the lyrics. So I pictured us like corpses, right? Hey, hey, girl. I pictured us hey like girl. corpses. Oh, yeah. Um, at the beginning of the song, the, the opening lyrics are, the other day when we were walking by the graveyard near the house, you asked me if I thought we would ever die. And mm-hmm. I was picturing him in his head being like, well, one of us will tonight. <laughs> this is like a theme song to uh, to Joe from the show You on Netflix, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I pictured you dying. Yeah. yeah, for sure. One of us will die. I will suck out your essence and live forever. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, sure, yeah. Like, yeah. we're on our way to get pizza. Just, I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're busy. Gotcha, I like that. Yeah, the pizza part of this, of the the whole pizza, like, uh, verse is great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be remiss to not talk about that. Um, and who doesn't love pizza and death, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, pizza and death, the two constants, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck taxes. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, this is one I, I was curious of your thoughts, because it, it is more of a, a folk song. And mm-hmm. I don't know that you listen to a lot of like folk music. Um, I, I listen to a bunch of it and, and really like the, the lyrics and the, the poetry of that. It, again, it kind of makes you think of like slam poetry and stuff in a way. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts on, on this one? Um, just the concern for the well-being <laughs> of this man's partner. Like, gotcha. uh-huh. are are they murdered? Like, it's very descriptive. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm expecting to, like, if you listen with headphones in, to hear, like, whispered coordinates of where to find bodies and stuff. <laughs> it's like it's like the, the worst game of, like, geocaching that's ever happened, uh-huh. you know? It's like, go here. It's like, oh, I'm going to find a treasure chest filled with, like, candy or whatever. It's like, no. It's, uh, it's a graveyard. This is uh, Steve's chopped off hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We finally found him. <laughs> They're already in podcast them? mode. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, yeah, this is, a, you know, it's one of the, the lighter songs. Um, it's yeah. very singer-songwritery. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it's not something that uh, stood out to me necessarily. Gotcha. But um, I, I do appreciate it for uh, the, the songwriting that went into it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a line in particular later on that I, I just discovered on here. I also written another part of the lyrics because... Um, the way the song kind of steps back for a second and he says this line is just beautiful and it uh, my my dog Savannah had passed away and, and we had had to put her down in July and so mm-hmm. after that we had bought a, a star for her in um, in the sky in Orion uh, through a shady internet site but there's a line in this that makes me think of her specifically and it, and it meant a lot to me and it says if you die before I die I'll carve your name out of the sky I'll fall asleep with your memory and dream of where you lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I hadn't listened to this really since that event. I'd always liked that line. It just seemed very poetic and, and nice to me. Um, and I think it's funny because I, I get like, it's a really weird song. And like the lyrics, like you had mentioned too, like the <laughs> picture that's like corpses. It's funny. Every time I listen to it, I kind of crack up. But but it also means something to me. And sure. I've been with my wife now for 20 years. We've been, had had started dating 20 years ago. So uh, we've been married for 16. It's, it's been so long and we feel like we have so much more to go. 
And we've had these kind of conversations like, you know, like you have to when you're married and stuff about like, well, what would your funeral be like? And mm. you think about like, well, sometimes you're like, well, man, I'd really hate to be the person to live and not and have to see the other one get sick or die or, or whatever and be without them. And but I also like, hate to do that to her. And um, I think those conversations kind of, you know, get had sometimes. And this song goes through it in this really f- lyrical, funny way that is kind of like, hey, well, we're going to look fucking silly when we're all just like decomposing mm. like everybody does, you know, that was uh, a, I just kind of like it that way. That was a concerning um, way to reference decomposing. <laughs> it's like, we don't look so silly. I'm like what? <laughs> um, I think we have different definitions of what the term silly means. I find that hilarious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very silly. Have you ever I seen think, a mass grave? It was so silly. Looking. Have you ever seen a zombie? They're fucking mm. silly, man. I, I left so hard at the first four seasons of The Walking Dead. It is a laugh riot. Laugh a minute. Maybe oh. even two. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laugh every two minutes? <laughs> he said coral again. It's like coral. I mean, that was funny. Said, he says it differently. Um... Yeah, and then the mm-hmm. uh, the bombastic video for this one, uh, I also really like. It's outside, and it's, like, raining, so you can hear, like, that in the background. And uh, it also starts kind of close with Mikkel and Anna next to him, and the way that their voices play off of each other in this, hers, hers with that higher octave, and it just rounds out the whole sound note or whatever. I just love their voices mm-hmm. together. Um, and then it um, it's, like, black and white, and then it kind of zooms back, and the whole band is there as well. And the, the toy piano makes another appearance, which mm-hmm. I like a lot. Because every time it shows up, I, I think... It's a uh, this the whatever it plays each time the melody it plays is always like a punctuation to something else in the song and it just adds a little extra so mm-hmm. always like that a lot. Um, the weird part is none of the band members are playing the Tory piano. If if you look closely and you zoom in, it's actually Jigsaw. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. <laughs> he makes an appearance. He's like, I want to play a song. Yeah, what if he's just trying to be a, he's trying to make it as a piano man, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying and to get Billy Joel out of there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Saw came out in 2004. I assume there's a Saw movie like around 2011, you know? This could have been on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he was trying to do like a crossover album. Yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like when Jeremy Renner put out that album. Like a, yes. a year or two ago. Was it? I guess it was last year, right? 2020? Wait, trying to make that happen? Maybe it's 2019. But it's like... That's bizarre. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I have try. to listen to that. It's not, it doesn't strike me as something that I'd be really into just off the bat, but maybe. No. Is it like a Chris Gaines good. scenario? I don't, I don't think Did it's like him as a, as a character necessarily, mm. but it's like him trying to be a singer we're like that's interesting no yeah we didn't now i'll listen to bruce willis's album before yours bud Ooh. it's okay mm-hmm. what's um, going on with bruno i gotta know yeah. <laughs> i was listening uh i've been painting at our house because it's finally getting ready to to be ending with construction in the next month or so you're, and, you're uh, trying to perfect that robert stack painting in there oh for yeah your niece, it, right? there's a whole mural on the side mm-hmm. of my house yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's gonna take it's taking a long time but yeah so with that, I've been putting on a bunch of music and podcasts and stuff, but I, I, I gravitate whenever I'm painting for long hours at a time, I gravitate towards the, um, evening with Kevin Smith DVDs. Mm, yeah. And so I've been putting those on and, um, he, uh, uh, had a story that I, I lost the thread on now that you were mentioning. It wasn't jigsaw related piano, toy piano, toy piano related. 
It was no, god damn it. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. We'll cut this whole thing out. It'll come uh, back to you. It'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Something you said there there was like a joke he mentioned or whatever, but um anyway, they've been really fun. I've been watching the uh like not the first one, but there's like one in London, Evening with Kevin Smith two, Evening Harder mm-hmm. in London, and then uh the Two Fat for Forty one. Was it Bruce Willis related? It was Bruce Willis there related. It was Bruno. Mm-hmm. He had mentioned about uh someone had asked about him talking with Bruce Willis and he uh, you know, in his content- contentious relationship with him. And he was talking about how he was like, oh, well, I'm going to, like, you're doing your band and stuff. That's great. Like, you guys still play. That's awesome. I'm playing uh, Carnegie Hall soon. And, and he was like, Bruce Willis was like, what the fuck are you going to do at Carnegie Hall? <laughs> but he tried to convince him to come. And he was like, I could, we could open for you. And you guys could close the show. It'd be amazing. And he was uh-huh. just like, no, no, Kevin. <laughs> like, we're not doing that. But <laughs> he was like trying to be all into like the Bruno, you know, yeah. persona, music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, wouldn't he wouldn't go for it. So. Come on by, honk with Bobo. You'll have a great time. <laughs> Wait, what? Honk with Bobo. That's his uh, uh, harmonica that he plays. Oh. I think that's the name of his album. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to this than I that I have not unpacked. I did not know that. Oh, the spiral uh, goes much further down than you expected. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, so did you have any notes or would you want to mention anything about the extra songs that you listen to? I do, yeah. So uh, there are two of them that I found. There's one called Parson Redheads uh, that has nice yeah, harmonies. I've never heard and, and, that. Yeah, it has nice harmonies and backing vocals. And there's a guitar lead toward the end of the song, which uh, stood out to me because there's not really like lead guitar, lead guitar uh, or there's no guitar leads, I should say. No solos, mm. I guess is the better way to say it, which is uh, words. Um, <laughs> that yeah, I'm choosing we're, we're to just now discover. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there's an actual like guitar solo uh, in the song, uh, which stood out to me. And then my favorite, like, of the bonus tracks was Tokyo Radio, mm. which it, oh boy, I was not expecting this when I turned it on. A lot of times you listen to bonus tracks and you're like, oh, yeah, this was just kind of like maybe a song idea or something. Uh, yeah, that it's not quite that good. I like the song a lot. Like this might be like That's my, awesome. my second favorite song from this like era of music. Um, it has a feel to it that reminds me of like 80s hip hop in a way. Ooh, not like not vocally, but music wise as like this electro like uh, like drum beat or whatever that's mm-hmm. incorporated, which is not something they really do on, on the rest of the album. I'm not sure about their newer stuff, but uh, I like that part of it. And uh, it's a fun song to listen to, but I can see why it didn't fit on the album. It just sounds so mm. different musically from all the other songs. Totally. Um, even the the other bonus song, Parson Redheads, I f- feel like that one could have worked uh, pretty easily on this one. But um uh, or on, it could have worked its way onto this album, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, but uh, yeah, Tokyo Radio, man, you got to check this out. I I really liked it. I thought it was fun. That's so interesting. I I know I've heard that one, but I don't. It's not my regular rotation, and I think it's because I never knew about these deluxe albums until like years later. And if they mm-hmm. show up on streaming services now, I'll find them. But um, I'd never had those deluxe CDs or or anything. I have a few of their vinyl as like collectibles more, you know, I have some like that. I have one that's like signed by them and stuff, but, um, I remember Tokyo radio hearing it at one point. I think I liked it, but I can't listen to it in my head right now. Um, and I feel like it's about them like touring when they went touring in Tokyo or something and loved it. Um, I don't remember, but, um, their, I think their next album was when they kind of embraced a little bit more of the electronica. And then the following album was when they had like a full on like electronica album, um, that had a lot more synth stuff, you know, mm-hmm. as the background or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I find it all interesting. I, I like that he's always exploring and like 
he's just like I, I just like not having sticking to the pop you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus type of shit. He's he's doing whatever feels right at any time, whatever mm-hmm. instruments feel right. It just, musically to me, it's so varied and interesting and deep and emotional and, and his lyrics really follow through and it, or they're just bangers and it's just fun to dance to. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's so much to like, I think, of this band and they've they've given me so much over the years with the different albums and uh, I'm excited. I'll, I'll have to listen to that Tokyo Radio thing and, and see what I think about it. But I think mm-hmm. it's hilarious that it was... A bonus track, you're like, doesn't really fit with the rest of it, but it's my second favorite on the album, yeah. you know? It's cool. <laughs> totally I liked works. it. I liked it a lot. I added both that and changing to a pop playlist that I have oh, on cool. my phone. So, Very yeah, cool. it'll be fun to listen to at a at a barbecue or, you know, funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been making that funeral playlist for a while now. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah, you could throw, throw a couple songs on here from that, I think. So. Well, there's a graveyard by my house I, I've been yeah. wandering past, so... There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me see if I had any other notes kind of in general about them. I think that's pretty much all I had to say. But um, I had a lot of fun, you know, re-listening to this. It's um, always been an album that really meant a lot to me. And like I said, it was the the first one of theirs that I really got into and then went back and loved the first one again. And then after this, I was like a fan for life. I think this is kind of this one and then the next album, Such Hot Blood, or when I realized like, oh my God, this is like my favorite band. And uh, it's funny to look back on it now, 10 years after it came out and and to think about how I thought they were hitting it big, you know, like they were going to be this huge band and they're not, and that's fine. And and there's a certain aspect that I do like of just kind of, when you, when you do go to the shows and you meet the fans or like you go online and you hear from fans, like this stuff means something to people just like it does to me. We're just a little more few and far between, you know, and mm-hmm. um, if I can, ex- you know, give this out to the world a little bit, share it with the world and and get people to listen to it and they find a song, you know, that, that they like or mean something to them or whatever. I, I'd really appreciate that. So uh hope people give it a shot from hearing this. I hope they either listen to it before the show or or they'll listen to it afterwards and give some of these songs mm-hmm. a shot. And I'm glad that you did. Um, yeah. You know, found, found some songs you liked, too. So the 10 year anniversary of this album. We Absolutely. did it. We did it. Congratulations cool. to us. I know, man. And we them, really I guess, good. you know. Yeah. I suppose so. I don't know. Yeah. They got stuff going on. But uh, any other notes for you then? You good to go? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we're all we're all set. Sweet. Well, mm-hmm. um, let me get my script pulled up and I will read some things. So you can contact <laughs> us. Uh, all of our info is in the show notes as usual. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Five stars is appreciated. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the show today. I feel like we're getting a really pretty good groove on how our music episodes are going. I try to write a lot of notes and, and get my thoughts out about what this album meant to me. And um, I was really glad to hear your thoughts about this as well, Brent. I would love to hear anything from our audience. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you for going on this musical journey. Um, next week, we have... Have we decided what next one is? We have. We have. But before we reveal that, I want to mm. say um, the episode we were on of The Terror Table, episode 219, where we discussed Teeth, that is out now. There was a, yeah. a little bit of a delay there, but... It's out and available. Go check that out. Uh, Mitch did a great job editing that. I listened back it? to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I and need to like listen a, to it. A Herculean effort to yeah. <laughs> sync up those five vocal tracks. So good job, totally. Mitch. We appreciate you having us on. As for the next episode of Let's Talk About Stuff, we are going to talk about the album that set the world ablaze 30 years ago. It's the 30 year anniversary of an album called 
Metallica. Oh, fuck. We did that, we did that one. Um, no, there were two major albums that came out in the year 1991 in the world of rock, one of them being Metallica's Black Album. The second one was Nevermind by Nirvana. Hell and that yeah. will be on the next episode. We're going to do a deep dive discussion on that one as well. And I'm really looking forward to that because I feel like that's the, the merging of our two musical sensibilities. Have you Ooh. ever heard the, the full album of Nevermind? I don't think that I have. And I'm really okay. excited to, to finally sit down and listen to that in full because it is, I know obviously some of the songs mm-hmm. were very important to my life and everybody's lives and, and mm-hmm. music and culture in general. And uh, to listen to the full thing would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Just three dudes in that band, and they make so much noise. Fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited. We'll, we'll have to mention some stuff, but I, I've seen some interviews really, really lately with uh, Dave Grohl mm-hmm. uh, about Kurt and about writing that album, and it's just so crazy to me to think of his life and what he's seen. And he talked about being like a drummer, and like he he's like, when I hear those songs, like I can picture myself drumming in the studio, like looking at the producers through the window and be like, and like going at it. And like, it's just wild that like just these three young dudes like changed like the whole landscape, you know? I know that's insane. And then like one of those dudes went on to be in a nuss of of, another massive band (laughs) uh, in the Foo Fighters, which is insane. He's like the singer guitarist for that one. Um, But, uh, but yeah, they just reissued this as a 30 year anniversary, like reissue or whatever. So, um, yeah, you can check that out on anywhere you would get your music. So right on. Um, yeah. yeah, that'll be a fun conversation to have. Yeah, I'm certainly excited to listen to that. That'll be mm-hmm. a, a good album to review. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll keep this noisy November going and then uh, we'll see. We'll announce the, the next one after that, which I'm also mm-hmm. really, really looking forward to as well. Another album I had never listened to in full. So we have a lot in store coming up on the show. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this. I hope everybody's enjoying noisy, noisy November and come back next week for Nevermind by Nirvana. And Mm -hmm. uh, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Like, how would you restart them if they like... (laughs) If they went out, you know? That's why I feel like electric. You get like a push button start. You know, they change the But you have to like hit it with your nose? You did like a dap when you did that. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You look like those guys that were dancing in that, uh, the video for changing, right? That's right. That's right. I did like one of those. I can do it too. (laughs) Brilliant. That (laughs) (laughs) I have bruises all over my body. I know, right? My wife's going to come home later. She's like, how come you're bruised all over your chest? It's like, well, I was... What can I tell you? I was just dancing. I don't I, yeah. I don't know Hello. how I... I just dancing. What more do I need to say, honestly? <laughs> we are now recording. Oh, oh yeah. See hey it right there. there. Hey there, listener. You're listening to KLTAS. Easy listening for deranged <laughs> human beings. Ooh. What like are that. you into? How many knife blades do you have stuck up your ass right now? Whoa. No, you go handle handle first, man. The first one to 20. Nice tickets. That's, that is deranged. We do things a little bit differently (laughs) here at KLTAS. The time is now 1021 a.m. on a Sunday. Sunday morning drive time. You're on your way to or from church. Hey, guess what? You've tuned into this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I get fined every time I curse. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
on this radio. I'm not paying it because I, as you can tell, am a deranged human being. I'm up to 19 knife blades in my anus as we speak. Oh, wow. Very uncomfortable. But you know what? I think you hear it in my voice. <laughs> Here we go. For, for number 20. Squinch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got... Got some front leakage here now. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> wow, save it for the save it for the, sh- the other shows, man. You know, mm-hmm. we got some horror friends out there, but uh, mm-hmm. I think we're really, we're the ones that are going the most graphic, the most gory. Yeah, I think so. And it's not even a spooky time of the year anymore. You know? Yeah, you're just still into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've been watching horror movies still? Uh, I've got a, a couple on deck. I haven't really watched a whole lot of anything here uh, in mm. the past week, but right um, yeah. So I'm I'm still into the the general idea of it. And I've got some stuff I want to get to, but uh, yeah, I'm just really uh, trying to uh, invest myself in listening to these uh, music albums for audio ah, listening. Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, Coming I up earlier in the episode, as people have heard, <laughs> oh yeah, LTAS. Uh, what was the name of this? All, all <laughs> at once. Is that right? Yeah. All at once by the airborne toxic event. You heard the discussion. You regret listening to the entire episode to get to it. And now here we are in the outtakes, which are Why recorded before our impressions. Does it make sense? No, none of it does. But oh, you yeah. know what does make sense? A 21st knife. Oh, God. <laughs> no, you got to stop putting them in there, man. Um, it's too scary. Uh, and speaking of scary, I had mm-hmm. a, a weird thing I came across the other day that I wanted to ask you about. So you okay. get your thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, it's uh, it's about a classic film that most people know and love. But I, I don't remember if we've talked about it before. What are you, what are your quick thoughts on uh, Wizard of Oz? You a fan mm-hmm. of that? Uh, I remember liking it as a youth. You haven't seen it. <laughs> a youth since uh-huh. you were 15 in a gang? Yeah. In the streets of <laughs> Well, there, it was two of me. It was the two youths. Uh, yeah, we're hanging out. <laughs> But uh, and we played ukulele, so it was the Utes with the Ukes. Uh, oh, is, well, I like is, is that. what we were uh, described as to many an authority. Oh wow, uh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, and you guys were big Wizard of Oz fans at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a naturally. A, we had a ten minute song about there's no place like home. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. what was it called? I, I don't remember what it was called. Uh, I believe it was called "There's No Place Such as Home." Oh we, yeah, we tried to like. We had a melody and it was yeah. it was like spaced out syllable wise in a certain way. It was like like home isn't uh-huh. enough. But if we do uh, such as it would be it fits the melody. Oh, yeah. But the melody just, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, well, it just sounds weird. It's very yeah. awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Well, yeah. Um, I really like to hear some of these like that song. And if you have any others sometime, if, if we get together, if we're a couple of reckless Mm-hmm. The middle-aged men with ukes. That's right. You know, we can bring them back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't part of the gang then, but like, I would join if I had to like kill someone or whatever. That's cool. No, yeah, uh, the other person's already dead. So, oh, that's how you got in. <laughs> yeah, I had to jump them. <laughs> it's like the Sith. You guys are yeah. all. <laughs> it was it was one person, and he was like, "Well, we're gonna be a gang now." And I was like, "Okay, well, how do I get into this?" And he's like, "Well." Uh, you have to be jumped into the gang. And as soon as he said, you have to be jumped, I immediately started wailing on him. I was like, you know Man. what? I know where this is going, so yeah. I just went in. 
Um, You're like, he to, never finished a sentence before he hit the ground. To be fair, um, he was holding a jump rope at that time as well. So oh, it, no. it could have been like, we we're just going to have a jump rope competition. But yeah. I heard jump and I, my mind just immediately just like snapped into ass beat mode. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're known to just beat asses. Yeah. I, you know, I play them like some bongos, but that's not that's the right. instrument of choice. Mm-mm. The uh, utes with the ukes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Different, mm-hmm. different instrument. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, man. I, okay. Yeah. There's so much to unpack there, but just going back to my original thought here. The um, Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, the other day, I, I've been buying all these cheap 3d blu-rays because uh nobody really likes them except for me and and like a handful of other people apparently Mm -hmm. and so i did stumble across a 3d version of wizard of oz that i wanted to get so i bought that one and then um i was looking at it the other day on the back and i noticed you know wizard of oz is like from 39 i think it's really old right Mm -hmm. um and so it's 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 tame it's like a children's movie and stuff so it's rated g for all audiences here in America. Yeah. And, uh, but then I noticed the 3D version on the back says it's rated PG. Huh. And it says, I've never seen this before. It says on the back, because there's like both versions on the disc or whatever, right? You can watch the regular 2D version or the 3D version. And it says 3D version rated PG. A regular version, regular 2D version rated G. And I'm like, weird. So is the third dimension? They're like, that's way too scary for little kids for this yeah. <laughs> specific movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> that they would have to change the rating. I thought that was so interesting, though. I've never seen such a thing that was rated differently just because it had like a third dimension pop out at you. And they're like, monkeys, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, what is it that would change that? It's so interesting to me. Well, I heard it's because the twister in 3D, you can really tell that it's pantsless. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, that's, oh, no. it's a different that's, time. That's a little much. Yeah. It's and they didn't time. really have an R rating back in. Uh, you are correct. It was 1939. Um, Look at that. So, yeah, that that was the the nude tornado is the, the, the reason nude, for the season. The nude tornado, I think, mm-hmm. is our uh, sync word as well today. Oh, so, OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We think. Yeah. yeah, that works, man. And I I would chase after that tornado. You know what I'm saying? Dick swinging. Mm-hmm. Hey. It's like that thing where, as a guy, when you're pantsless and you do the thing where you spiral your crotch and your <laughs> yeah. wiener flops mm-hmm. around. Yeah. It's like a it's the yeah. new tornado. That's the new tornado. Yeah. Hmm. It's, wow. it's <laughs> always it, that wasn't even a maneuver that people wanted uh, to even try to do until the Wizard of Oz came out. Wow. Groundbreaking. They were like, they were like Ma, this gives me an idea. See, here we go. Watch this as I drop my trousers. And then, then all you hear is, oh, wow. As it spirals around, you know? The 3D in the movie, like, the sound was kind of updated, too. And, like, you can really hear that. Like, now that it went from, like, mono to stereo, you can hear that swinging. Mm-hmm. And in the really movie cool. Spiral from the Book of Saw, they address that. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. How could you not? Like, it's called Spiral. It uh-huh. links back to 1939's The Wizard of Oz. So you're saying... Spiral, the book from the book of Saw is, is a sequel to the Saw movies, but it's also a sequel to Wizard of Oz. Is that, is that what I'm getting? Yeah. I mean, like there's nothing that says one franchise can't take part mm-hmm. in the same universe as another franchise necessarily, sure. as long as there's not anything that directly contradicts it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I could, I, I, I am willing to stake my life that the mm-hmm. Saw movies take place in the same universe <laughs> as the Wizard of Oz. I, I think it's canon. I, I, I think that could really hold some water, you know? And just to be clear, I know in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy is dreaming. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. about 
the Saw movies don't take place later in the same reality as when Dorothy wakes up from her dream. No, the Saw movies take place firmly in the Oz dreamscape. Oh, firmly. okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So that really like changes some of the rules of the Saw movies to me, you know? Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. I never real. Oh, are they in? Is does Saw take place in Emerald City? Um, if not in the Emerald City, it could be like an adjacent territory. There are different places there. But I'll tell you Emerald one thing. City. Wow, that little the little jigsaw puppet. Yeah. If you do not think little tricycle riding some bitch jigsaw is not part of the Lollipop Guild, oh. you're out of your goddamn mind. Wow. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that makes total mm-hmm. sense. Plus. If I'm remembering correctly, in The Wizard of Oz, when she starts on the yellow brick road, it starts in a spiral. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? For real? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Wow. Wow. I think we really just kind of like broke this open. I'm telling you, the pieces to the puzzle are right there. And you know what a puzzle is? It's kind of a game. And what does Jigsaw <laughs> like to play? A game. Whoa, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You're freaking me out here. Also, his favorite rapper is the game, and his favorite movie is the game. So he's, well, that he's yeah, yeah, he's very invested. He's yeah, he, he really bought into that trademark. He's like, mm-hmm. I paid a lot for this. Yeah. It's got to be all my personality. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> this is who I am as a puppet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, nude tornado. Yeah, that works. You want to sync with that? I think so. Man. All right. How fun. Sorry, I'm writing this down. Okay. All right. So, nude tornado mm. to sink on three. One, two, three. Nude, nude tornado. tornado. <laughs> God damn it. Man, you really got me. Mm-hmm. I got you. You got me. Surprise, Steven. Sink. That's not how you spell sink. <laughs> My own brain. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Fucking getting old. Hello. Right. Hello, Poppet. <laughs> Is that Anna Gata DeVita? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, it was just in my head. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of The Simpsons when they had yeah. that on there. In the Garden Every of time. Eden. Yeah. So fucking funny. <laughs> Wait a second. This is rock and or roll. <laughs> I always love that. Playing a sweet ass game of slap chest. L-P-A-S. <laughs>